Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. Hello, I'm Dan Eden. And this is 90 Under 90. 90 movies under 90 minutes. Oh. 250. 1, Uh Today on our show, clocking in at 89 minutes and 50 seconds. I had to check the timestamp before we recorded this one, just to make check sure. The time, check, check the timestamp. Check, check, check the timestamp. Uh-huh. Uh, we're talking about 1992's Ladybugs, directed by Sidney J. Fury, director of the classic Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, among other things, but... I just like that that's his top credit on IMDb. Like, this is what you know him from. Oh, yeah. Hey, I mean, it's a Superman se- superhero sequel here, you know? I mean, he's see- he's seeking peace. Yep, yep. And Presumably a, world peace. Yeah, he's on a quest. And, I, th- you know, I guess I've never seen it, but I assume he goes country to country. He kind of knocks on the president's door, prime ministers, et cetera, and says, can we be friends? And that's it. Everything good here? Yeah, All we right. good. All right, I'll move on. Thank you. Then he just uh-huh. flies away. Mm-hmm. You're probably right. Uh, Ladybugs. Now, this is by no means a good movie, um, but believe it or not, uh, this is a palate cleanser for Dan and I. Uh, yeah. At least, at least for me. Definitely. Um, uh, you know, we've had a, a few uh, stinkers and and difficult episodes or difficult movies to get through rather uh and uh this is a movie from our childhood that i knew i could count on delivering at least something you know i I, I was like i i I was not fooled into thinking oh this is that's still that's still gonna be a good movie but it uh it holds up fine you know know, there's some stuff that's questionable now but Dressing, I, I mean, the main, the premise of the movie, it's no spoiler at all here. It's it's Rodney Dangerfield dresses up his girlfriend's son as a girl for his boss's all-girl soccer team so that they could win because he's very driven by winning and he wants to do well at his job. So it's mm-hmm. kind of A and B subplots kind of already folded together right there from the beginning. It's uh, it's your it's your sitcom movie. It's a sitcom movie. It's it's yeah. a plot that could be in any sitcom. And we watched this a lot as kids. In fact, um, we did Saving Silverman recently. That and Ladybugs and Dude, Where's My Car and Idle Hands. Those are all uh, sleepover movies for me. So, like, Ladybugs occasionally would be, like, if we ran out of other things to watch. It's like, hey, this one's, you know. Lady, ladybugs is not, uh, it's not bad. It's okay. You could do worse. You know, you, we went through Goonies and, uh, and you know, some Pixar fare. Sure. So, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's um, uh, j- just a nostalgia movie for me, um, and, and we'll get into it. A Dangerfield vehicle, uh, but d- 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 perhaps the second most popular. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's Back to School. Back to School is the a big one. 
Is that, what is there, like, Easy Money or something? Is that what that's called? The other see, one? See, we don't I, even know the name, so... I've never seen it. Uh, you know, there's Meet Wally Sparks, which comes after... <laughs> oh, yeah, Meet Wally Sparks is huge. No, Caddyshack is, is like, a secret well, yeah, I just don't, Rodney you, Dangerfield movie, right. you know? I, that's just one of those full ensemble movies. I don't think of that as anybody's movie, you know? Yeah. Nobody owns... That's why it's an odd movie where, like, nobody owns that movie in terms of, like... Who do you go to see in that movie? Like, well, like, there's everybody. There's a, you, you get the same amount of Chevy Chase as you get Bill Murray, as you get Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, nobody's yeah. going for Michael O'Keefe, you know? It's like... Probably not. There's not a lot of O'Keefers, but, uh, yeah, it's just a general comedy movie, and maybe that's a testament to its success. Just that, and it's, I don't know. We're not here to talk about Caddyshack. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> Ladybugs, it's interesting. A different sports comedy. Yeah, we were watching this, and um, uh, it was Katie, my, my wife, uh, who brought up uh, that uh, the plot is like a reverse, uh, and this is made before it, but a reverse She's the Man with Amanda Bynes, which sure. is another movie that's like we watch probably once a year. We actually own on DVD because she owned it like years ago, mm-hmm. and it's not bad. It's like cotton candy, you know, teenage sure. shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's a cross-dressing soccer comedy, so you could do a double feature with Ladybugs with one Jonathan Brandis, rest in peace, and then you got Amanda Vines dressing yeah. up as a boy to even it out in the next one, so there you go. Yeah. I, I say do it. Yeah. And then and then you top it off with kicking and screaming just for one final Whoa. soccer comedy. I saw, <laughs> I don't, I never I saw, saw that it. in the theater. And I saw Semi Pro in the theater, and I saw like all those feral movies of that era. Blades of Glory. Yep, saw that in the theater, and I think Semi Pro was the straw that broke the camel's back for me in like 2008, maybe. I think it was for many people too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. God for Step Brothers coming in to save oh, Will Ferrell's yes. career. I saw that in the theater. So wait, <laughs> the camel's back was broken, but he came back to the theater. Yeah. But he, anyway, he, he mended it. Um. It's this is another movie also as a kid you and this is the creepy portion of the podcast you can skip forward probably uh hit that 30 second forward button a couple times you'll be fine but um growing up as a boy it's it's not creepy to to look at Vanessa Shaw and go oh she's pretty but now you watch it as a 35 year old man and you go I can't look at her the same way as I did when I was a boy and that's upsetting it would be <laughs> you know it'd be one thing if you could like be like well she was 18 when she shot it and she's playing younger no she's like 15 years old 16 15 16 yeah. it's uncomfortable I I I pointed that out to Caitlin and then Caitlin's response was oh that poor girl <laughs> it's kind of it's she's immediately objectified this early in life because she has a body of like a 20 year old you know yeah um having said that big crush of mine growing up oh and, yeah uh, yeah definitely and as an adult now it's great because i could look at her as an adult as and it's not creepy so there's we, that yeah, we, we just did caddyshack <laughs> or a caddyshack or, we just did corky Romano. <laughs> yes and yeah caddyshack. Yeah, so that's good. Um, it's just weird when they have her running in a swimsuit towards Jonathan Brandis and she's like 16, 15. And it's yeah. just, come on, it's, guys. I mean, it's the, you know, it's it's from the a teenage boy's perspective, but it is like. When we were young, it was everything, right? Yeah. And like now it's like, ooh. Now it's just the reality of this is that, you know, this is not an adult. This is a child. And it's mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable. 
like even because it is it's a it's an it's a kids fantasy sequence that we're gonna get to it's like at the 20 minute mark or so jonathan brand is watching vanessa shaw and then like she's running towards him fantasy begins and it like it, it escalates into marriage like really just extravagant they're, they're eating hamburgers but on yeah. these really fancy it's a funny dishes. sequence it's pretty good yeah i like the um, montage it's funny it would to set to Neverly Brothers, which is a, a nice needle drop. I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll get into it. Um, I only have do. one question, which is: Was Sam Kinison alive when this movie was shot? Yes, and according to the trivia, uh, they ask Rodney asked him to be the guy in the beginning of this movie. Of course, he did, and uh, he was just his his schedule was too busy because this was right around the peak, like right before Sam Kinison died, when he's just like rock star filling stadiums and just you know uh, uh way too busy to cameo in ladybugs here's a nice that's a nice segue to start it off uh i guess we'll kick it off here he was going to slated to play dr von kemp which is the opening curious segment of the movie it makes more sense if it's sam kinnison but I, i'm not not to say i don't like the beginning of this movie it's just like it's it's an island it is so different from everything else in the movie can we agree on that like mm. I don't it's know like, how different it is. It's just it's isolated because it's you know he's it's he's attending a not, seminar, so it's 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 not fully developed for me. It's like yeah, he's in this first scene. He's at the seminar with a uh, Dr. Von Kemp, and the joke uh, is that he's like this loud loudmouth, abusive, borderline like motivational speaker, and. His well, he's just, are kind he kind of delivers his stuff like a Nazi almost, or you yes. know, like like he's like he's delivering a Nazi speech. At and a rally. Uh, yep. I guess that's you know kind of a joke. Um, mm-hmm. the, the guy, I mean, I always thought like for when I was a little kid, I was like, oh, that's Mel Brooks, right? That's the same. It sounds like he's got the same voice as Mel Brooks. <laughs> so that would have been a good cameo. But um, uh, yeah, never gonna happen. But it's like the first two minutes of the movie and it's Dangerfield and he holds up his pocket mirror to his own face, which is everybody. There's a room of like a 100 people or so, you know, all these, quote unquote, losers who want to get better. And uh, they're saying, I'm great. I'm wonderful. Everybody likes me in their mirrors. Right. Yeah. It's like a Tony Robbins type of like seminar, you know, the next scene he's driving home. he, He repeats that that uh that phrase that mantra to help mm-hmm. himself one guy confronts him this guy harlan i think he just pulls up next to him just some glorified extra. I'm harlan and uh, i think you're you to me you look like a giant asshole and he goes oh, oh well if i'm an asshole there's a reason for it oh, you're contagious and that causes uh harlan to jump out of his truck yeah at the light fucking- uh, I like that uh, Dangerfield is uh, is getting jabs in. He's not like a full on loser. He, he sure. you know, he's a guy who will talk back to, when he feels a little bit yeah. of empowerment. Except when he's talking to the boss, where he's when he's a total fucking kiss ass. Because even Doctor Von Kemp says it at his seminar, so you can't fully blame Dangerfield. And maybe that's the reason, really, for the causality for this opening scene is he says, "Make sure your boss is taller than you, so you, you can uh, kiss his ass easier." Ho ho ho! Just a little joke. Everybody stand up. And then, stand like, up. He gets, gets right back into it. But um, he's a total kiss ass. But all this to say, I was making a point, which is 
Um, he abandons this. There's not a subsequent scene where he's at the soccer field and he holds up his mirror and he says, like, I'm great. I'm wonderful. Everybody likes me. Like, that device is abandoned. The seminar is abandoned. Like, Well, I think the, the, the simpler interpretation is that he's now feeling just this little bit of empowerment and therefore mm-hmm. he's going he's gonna to demand that raise, you know, or gotcha. that promotion. And, gotcha. so, and that's what gets him into the office there. But then he col- collapses when he's in front of the actual boss. That's that's good, too. That's 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 definitely one plus one equals two. You know, like it, it's empowering him. I accept that. And that's exactly what Chester wants. That's his main goal, as I mentioned at the top of this episode. That's his end game. Even like and guys, this is the glorious uh, early 90s. The economy is great. And mm-hmm. like you, you envy Jonathan Brandis just watching MTV in his uh, basement. You can do that now. It's just not as like. It's not as cool because everything's not as booming as it was in 92. No, but, no. Um, but the thing is, like, this is how good it is in this era. Uh, Ronnie Digerfield, let's say he's a mid-level salesman at this company, Mullen. Okay, mid-level, yeah, well, would he's you the, say? Well, he says he's the top salesman. Like, he's been there for is 12 he? years. Uh, okay. According to his little half, half-assed half uh, uh, puss speech to the boss. <laughs> He's been there for 12 years, you know, and uh, you look at my sales, you know, they're, they're, they're number one, you know, and, uh, you know, okay. uh, you know, what do you think, you know? <laughs> All right. So it warrants his own office. I was going to say, though, this is how well he's doing. It warrants his own personal assistant in the form of Jack Hay, who is like the second lead of this movie. Yeah, in a weird, like, like the third, like the trifecta of Dangerfield, Brandis and Jack Hay. It's crazy, crazy trifecta. But Jer, with all this to say, I wish I was this age in 1990. <laughs> yeah. Times, I mean, uh, uh, let's, yeah, things were better for young white men in the 80s and 90s is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> for everyone, I guess, except for minorities. I'm sorry, guys. It was yeah. pretty rough for you guys. But, but I, I, mean, I, I, I mean, it was hard from most people. I mean, I'm not thinking about that aspect. I I should, but I unfortunately, I, 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 but anyway, I mean, I'm not going to feel bad about this. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's like talking to Julie on his phone after the seminar. And he's like, yeah, you know, I don't care what you think, Julie. These seminars with Dr. Van Kemp really paid off. I'm going to ask him and I'll march into his office and I'm going to ask for that promotion. <laughs> and um, he goes to her house. Uh, I think that's the next scene, right? And he uh, he's, yeah, he goes he, to he, he goes to Bess's. I guess they're living together, you know. He he, he is he living to, with her? I assume. All right. At this point, they're they're living together and they're looking to buy like a bigger house together. I don't know why. Like their house seems. I know, that's, another, like, that's another reason why everything you you could tell everything is going well in this era. They want a bigger house than the their already uh, pretty nice house that they have. Well, you could tell that it's from another. It's from a different time because. <laughs> He's like, he's just like, I want you to quit your job, you know, like, like yeah, that's... his goal is to like make enough money so that she can quit her job and just be a housewife. Yeah, we need then we need at least two more kids and we need a dog and we need a like, I mean, he's super nuclear, you know, that's fair, the end game. He is 69 years old when he makes this movie. How about it? he's acting like he's 39 in this movie? Like he's like a young man who's I would, just trying I would, to. I would, like honestly, as a kid, I was just like, oh, this guy feels like a guy who's like in his 50s, maybe like 40s, 50s. Maybe. I don't know. 
Yeah. And, you know, so like 50s would have made sense, but now he's 69. Yeah. A few years later, HBO airs his 75th birthday special where we learn where we discover Sam Kinison. That's right. We did watch that. And uh, I do vaguely remember bits and pieces of that. Uh, Man, oh, Jerry, the old 90s. Nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember, yeah. remember Spawn oh, yeah, <laughs> on HBO? Yeah, yeah. And perversions <laughs> of Science. Oh man, that's a deep cut. Look up perversions of Science, kids. Uh, man, uh, what a time! And, and real sex three, you know, before <laughs> before oh, it's like before thirty five. Don't know if they're still doing those. I don't really tune into oh, I, premium I, cable for my softcore porn or any softcore porn for that matter. Oh, real sex was never softcore porn. It was always just like look real at this. sex. It was always documentary, like just like nothing about the show was sexy. Like you'd see a lot of nudity, but it was very rarely was there anything in there that was ever like, oh, that's the kind of thing that you secretly record. No, I would never secretly set a recording for uh, real sex. I'd so like, like um, what's, what's on after that? So it's like the scene in Bruno where he goes to the house orgy. That's that's yeah. real sex to you. Look at me. Look at me, David. Look at me in the eyes. Um, so he okay. He I I didn't I don't know for some reason I got the vibe that he didn't live there, but it really doesn't matter. Um, he, he but he's dating her. They're very serious. They want to get married. He needs that promotion to get married. Like a lot of dudes can relate to this now. So hey, it's he's. Pretty relatable, just that things were better then. And anyway, he goes down to the basement, and this is like the the, little, the hangout for Jonathan Brandis, uh, the son, the one kid of his girlfriend's, uh, Julie is her name. No, Julie's his name. assistant. Oh, is it? I'm sorry. Yeah, Bess, he's, so he's Bess is her name. Bess, okay. I'm looking at the script here, and uh, it's very not – there's no action description. It's just all dialogue. It's just a transcription of the film. Yeah, so, it's it's hard to find good screenplays online. It really is, especially for like ones like shitty old yeah. comedies from 1992. Like, how come the Ladybug script hasn't been published? Uh, yeah, why exactly. not? I want I want to see how they strayed. <laughs> he goes down the Rod, basement. What did Rodney come up with on the spot? Right, right, right. Where is like? Well, this is like I know a lot of fucking jokes. All right, that's the thing, Jer. Like. This is just a transcription of the movie. This isn't the shooting script. Like, who knows what he added into this, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. But anyway, he goes down in the basement. He throws the football. Matthew, catch it. It breaks like a vase, you know? And he goes, yeah, that's how you know things were good. You could just break vases in the basement and not even worry about it. He just walks away like, eh, whatever. Where's your mother? Like, and he goes outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He goes in the back. And he sneaks up on Bess, and uh, this is how you also know it's 1992, because he goes, guess who? She goes, Tom Cruise. He goes, this is something really, you know, nice. He says, uh, would, would swim the deepest ocean, climb the highest mountain, see bluebirds when you smile. Like, Rodney Dangerfield being a romantic lead is, <laughs> is such an odd choice, an odd thing to witness. Uh, oh, man. But uh, he brings flowers for her, Jer, which is really nice. And uh, he gives it to her. And she goes, it's not my birthday. She goes, what have you done wrong? He goes, nothing's wrong. Everything's right. And he's like, 
for some reason he likes to project this image of success to his girlfriend as much of us do but like he really takes it to an extreme to that sitcom well, level again, it, you know it's, it was a different time where uh you you weren't honest with your wife you, you oh, kept yeah. everything from her and you only told her what it's kind of a need to know basis with your with your spouse because the end game is she ha- she gets she has to quit her job so at all costs lying to her whatever it takes whatever you know? it takes to get him the promotion that will allow her to quit her job and not contribute at all to the new house that they want to build together or buy together Absolutely. rather right um so he says like no and everything is great I'm seeing the big boss Mr. Bullen tomorrow the promotions in the bag I can hear the wedding bells now and she goes oh that's she's a very optimistic lady she's like like kind of kind of I'd say naive I guess is the better operative word because there's so many scenes in this movie where he gaslights her and she just naively goes along with it with a dumb smile on her face she's well because he's supposed too... to be a salesman and it's supposed to uh... work with... But he's like kind of a bad salesman too. He's like, well, no, honey, everything's okay, everything's all right, you know. And that's kind of his speed of this movie. There's regular Rodney, which you're used to, his stand-up persona, which is based, I guess, just his regular Rodney persona. But then there's a, the um, the actor Rodney. That's that's the the I'm trying to the humana humana. Oh oh, I'm put up, but I'm trying to cover up or gaslight somebody in a scene that's very tense right now. Oh, yeah. like that's the other speed, and it's like a good chunk of this movie is him doing that. So you have to get used to that, guys. Uh, that's really all he's got. It's his two the two things that he can do is just yeah wisecracks or oh uh uh uh, uh then wisecrack. Yeah, with his and bulge his eyes a little bit, you know. Um, if, if if I had any ability in the world that I could just choose, it would be to bulge my eyes in a in a Dangerfield-esque manner. For me, it would be to wiggle my ears, alfalfa style. Yeah, that's that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think that would be. I think people would really like that. I you think know? I think you'd get a lot of uh, a lot of friends that way. You get a TikTok millions of hits, and then. Uh, a lot of comment replies where it's yeah. like you, people are like, you're dumb. And I <clears throat> reply to it with a video and it's more wiggling of my ears. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, a, it's a damn shame that you don't have like a, 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 like a size D cup because then you could just wear various low cut outfits while wiggling your ears. Oh. Each, each one of them would get a million. Bits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Perfect. A you million know, likes. I think that's what we're like. If you're going to take anything from this episode, it's to be stacked. Yeah. Wear low cut outfits it helps, it helps on, the, on, on social media, particularly TikTok. Yep. The algorithms, all all the algorithms love boobies on TikTok. And jiggly butts, maybe. Like that's like uh, it's up there. Maybe. And, and big jiggly and butts. Power washing filthy rugs. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's uh, seen that, right? Everyone has seen at least uh, one rug video. Have we talked about the we we have talked about off definitely off Mike the high speed vehicles hitting these stationary oh, yeah, poles yeah. like in Blender or After Effects and they it's simulate the crash. An hour. Yeah, here's thirty. Miles <laughs> Five hundred miles an hour. And my we're like, favorite, oh, my, yeah. My, 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 this is a new segment on ninety under ninety that we do now is called my new favorite things on TikTok, mm-hmm. and uh, I like the uh, uh, the various planets gravity. Like a like, oh. like a truck go over a gorge like in the Simpsons. It's like here's Earth gravity, here's Jupiter gravity, 
here's sun gravity and sun gravity is great because it goes out and then it just whoa, just sucks right down to the bottom and then bursts into flames every time man that sounds way better than what they're tapped into for me which is focusing on the oppression that uh and capitalism of america <laughs> like really bumming me out stuff like i need yeah. to you gotta swipe seek out yeah you gotta just throw out a couple hearts to things that you know you want to see more of and, and yeah and it'll clear up the thing like is a bad on a rash bad, the thing is on a bad day i want to hear those like oh, you know well, then you're just you're just self-sacrificing that's that's what's happening there. <laughs> um so yeah he's, he's getting the promotion he goes to the boss's office well first we meet julie in person uh and jack hay's little musical moment here i don't know what jack hay is i guess was she a singer before i i would presume uh, I mean, based on the context of this movie yeah, because she has a musical number, Great Balls of Fire, which is a duet with Rodney in this movie. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and then she's, like, singing in this opening scene, too. So, yeah, um, we meet her briefly. She's sassy. She's sassy. That's a terrible Jack A. No, that's no good. That is, that is more Wanda Sykes. <laughs> but, she, um, you know, she's, she's just, she is uh, your classic sassy. Uh, yeah she goes so he goes up to the boss's office and it's played by by a forehead uh by a five head rather and uh his mr. wife mullen? yeah mr mullen i don't know tom park i think is the guy's name mm-hmm. fucking wiener looking guy he literally looks like a penis his head like <laughs> his face looks like a penis his nose kind of looks like the slit down the back of the penis you know damn you know jer just saying he's got a very <laughs> phallic you I just ever I've always thought this guy had a weird face. Like ever since man. I was a kid, I was like, there's something about this guy's face that I don't like. He looks like a wiener. Oh man, Jer. All right. What is uh he's got Mrs. Mullen, who basically like his thing is he's a he's a pretty nice guy, except when his wife comes and demands things and then he suddenly becomes the asshole because his wife wants something. That's what I'm noticing the pattern is with Mullen. Mm. Like he's I think he's always kind of an asshole. Like, I think he's just portrayed as an asshole boss because he does, like, after the wife is out of the office, he does kind of put Chester on hold and says, like, a little oh, bit, a little bit. Timing. I'm not doing anything at all. Absolutely. That is pretty, that's a dick move. Later on, though, he cuts him so much slack, doesn't he? Like, it's not, like, it's kind of uncharacteristic of him to be like, oh, it's okay, well, Chester. Like, I know, I understand you got a new player and everything's going to be fine. There, there, That moment did strike me as odd this time around because i was just like that's very quickly he didn't tech if he won the previous game that'd be one thing but he said he's like you almost won the last game keep it up you're doing great i'm like that's weird it made me think this time around i was like oh man it's the it's the wife that's really uh pulling the strings here he doesn't want to be a bad guy she makes him but like i'm projecting because there's not a lot going on with mr mullen here no he's just he's just boss the boss man. Boss man. He wants to win. And, like, it's funny because he's on the phone, like, in, as Jer mentioned, it's while Rodney's trying to sheepishly ask for his promotion and he gets interrupted by the call. He's like, oh, I'm not doing anything. He goes, yada, 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 yada. That's when Rodney walks over to the trophy case and notices all the soccer trophies. But you also, it goes back to Mullen and he's like, I do like to win, yeah. <laughs> like, that's so, like, expositional character, you know, like, okay, we know what he's driven by. 
But when he gets off the phone, that's when we learn that all those trophies don't belong to him. No, 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 no. It's the all-girls soccer team that that Mullen uh, Enterprises or whatever sponsors. And we've, hey, we won the last like six years in a row or something like that. It's kind of odd that the mm -hmm. top salesman in this company doesn't know about this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Girls soccer team that has been. (laughs) Part of, part of the company for the last six years. I mean, they got the fucking markers on the field. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, so, but what does Rodney do? He he kisses the boss's ass, and then he like he's a blowhard. Also, he like tells him that he used to play soccer, all the positions. He tells his wife because he doesn't know a particular one when she asks what position he used to play when she comes in, and uh, by projecting that image. They they do this hard ass jump cut and and in between that and the next scene they basically ask him to coach their soccer team for them and he yeah. accepts because by this point we're all ahead of the movie <laughs> like by seven minutes you know <laughs> we're like okay you can catch up to us and they do thankfully they mercifully they're just like yeah so yeah I got it just fine truly I just gotta I just have to bring him a winning team and then I get the promotion. Which is like, are you, why do you want to jump through these hoops? I mean, if your sales records speak for themselves, why don't you find a new sales job? That's all I'm yeah. By the In the 90s, things are going great. I don't know what Mullen Enterprises sells. That's the other thing. Like, what is he selling on a regular basis? That's a good question. They don't even get into that. They don't even mention in dialogue what it is they do at Mullen in this. Completely skirt around any uh, description of what the company does. What if it was a shell company just so he could sponsor a girls' soccer team because he's more driven by the championships every year than any sales? I make millions every single day. (laughs) Chester, it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is a winning team. Yeah. So hard, hard cut. Hard, right? And he's... He's agreed to coach, and Jack Hayes is just like, what? You don't know anything about soccer. He's like, I don't know. I panicked out at the office, I was a, so I agreed to do it. And uh, so now he has to go meet the girls at the field with his assistant coach, because she is his assistant, very loyal assistant, uh, Jack Hay. Must be making decent money. Yeah. Must That's be. what I was saying. Like, like, We were like, how much does Jack Hayes' character make? Like... I bet, like, probably what I make. <laughs> you know, it was the it was the go-go 90s. Everything's going great. But um, anyway, I think it's um, the next scene we meet these these girls, right, at the field. And he's already got the coach gear on and everything. Yeah, she buys a book on how to coach soccer, which is an odd yeah. book to that they have. It's also a very thin book, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, he's essentially meeting the team. Um asks them all to, you know, one by one, he kind of asks them to say their name and how many goals they scored last year. We we get a few of them. We get this stereotypical... Sally Ann Wellfelt. Yeah, the the, stere- the stereotypical quote-unquote hot girl and, and the hot girl behavior of good-looking yeah. guys is what I'm like. Um, so, you know, she's very focused on at least one thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. We meet Carmelita Chu. She collects uh-huh. butterflies. <laughs> That's right. There's I don't know little... what you're talking about. I never played. <laughs> so it's a very bad news bear situation. All the girls, it's a ragtag team of girls. Only one of them is a holdover from the previous season. For some reason, they don't get into why the previous team just like up and bailed. Maybe they just grew out of it and that's it. But like 
the one girl that's uh, the holdover, the little black girl, uh, says, um, you're in what the middle of what we call a changeover season. A changeover. Oh, okay. There's something like that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Kimberly Mullen shows up mm-hmm. is sh- late. Uh, yeah. That's Vanessa Shaw. And uh, uh, so he's kissing the, as Jack A says, now he's kissing the daughter's ass. Yeah. And then we cut to the game. There's a game already starting. They're singing the national anthem. Jack A's really milking that ending. Yeah. And Rodney has to tell her the song is over. It's over. 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 And then they. <laughs> over. <laughs> they start the game. They're terrible. Like the girls are scared of the ball. Or they're just like heads in the clouds. You know, they're just. They suck. You mm-hmm. know? They suck on wheels. Yeah, and Kimberly is perhaps the worst of them all because she kicks it like a fucking football going for a field goal. It's got a happy Gilmore shot. She just needs to harness that power, you know? That's true. You're right. <laughs> it's like I can't have you can't have you dissing my girl Vanessa Shaw, Jerry. <laughs> uh but um it's terrible. Like and he's like he panics, of course, like mid game. He's already like like, oh man, I'm gonna go on welfare. This is gonna be terrible. And she's like, well, watch out. Here comes the... He's like, I feel like I'm walking a gangplank and there's no ship. And she's like, we better do something because here comes the shock wearing designer clothes and a Rolex. She's like got like the snappy lines she's sass- like that. She's Super sassy. sassy. And um, she, dare I say, sassy. That's super racist. <laughs> <Is it? laughs> I don't know. I don't. I didn't think that they was like I was using a word that I, I'm not culturally appropriating anything. I was making it up. Now I, I know, thought. Now, now when I watch Community, now I think there's a bit where there's like that, and I know they're not the barometer of race, but two of the main characters are black, and uh, they're like, "Be right. more." And she goes, "If you say sassy, I'm gonna like." She's like, you know, very defensive over the word, but um, she is. She is. She's sassy. She's 90s sassy. Like, I hate I, to say it. I mean, like, the the reason that, like, it seems like a stereotype is because white women don't act like that. They just act bitchy. You know? Yeah. Like, white women are bitches. Black yeah. women have sass. And I appreciate I, all the sass. There's the head bob that goes with it. Um, I say snappy because no one has any. That's not loaded, is it? I don't think so. <laughs> so. He walks up and, and Mullen gives him like a little pep talk. And like, it's not even a pep talk because it ends with win the game, win the game, win the game. Yeah, it's more uh, uh, like just barking orders. Than, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not really in, inspirational at all. Um, and then he says, get the book, get the book, get the book. Pretty good. I don't know. It's like there's not really none of these jokes are like tens. You no, none of the sevens at best. No, I mean, you get the, the 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 Rodney jokes are the ones that are like like that's the spice. You just everything else is just basic sitcom. It's just an extended episode of any sitcom. It's home improvement for 90 straight minutes. Yep. Um. So she gets the book. She reads it. We get this little montage voiceover with Jack Hay. She says, hello, welcome to the wonderful world of coaching you soccer. Have you already discovered that you know less about the sport than the players on your team? Oh, I wish. And then we get just more footage of them sucking. Um, like there's this one girl who's like hilarious and you don't see her for the rest of the movie. I think that she just showed up for this day on set. 
or they just don't focus on her for the rest of the movie. But she's like making these crazy faces. She's the one who like falls over on her back because she loses her balance earlier. Oh, she, like, yeah. That fucking yeah, that the chubby one. Chubby girl. Like, <clears throat> yeah. The not the Penny Pester one. The other. Yeah. The other like girl who's played as the fat girl. And she she's pretty funny. She's doing a lot of good physical bits and good mugging for the camera, you know. Yeah, like when her like does her shoe come off or something, and like yeah. she sits there, stands there staring <laughs> with her mouth agape, like and then going across it, the field. Yeah, kicks it into the net and like goes in, and she just is in disbelief that she did that. Um, number two, move into the path of the ball. Number three, treat the ball as if it were a fragile egg, like. They're trying to learn the fundamentals while also sucking and losing their first game, first two games uh, before we we meet that hard ass lady that comes a little bit later who keeps calling Chester a loser. Coach. Uh, yeah. But um, this is either progressive or racist, depending on how you look at this exchange between Rodney and Jack Hay about how she says, uh, you know, that black people are the best at sports. Come on. Like, and it's not a controversial thing to say, but sure. Like, no. In the 90s on like even sitcoms were doing this kind of thing. It's like we're the best runners, the fastest runners, best at track, best at baseball, boxing, basketball, football, you name it. And he goes, oh, are you kidding? What about hockey? And she's just like, oh, okay, you got me there. Water polo. Oh, hey, yeah, I, lo- sports. I love the list of that. He's got yachting in there, which I'm like, Badminton. who thinks of that as a sport in general? So he picks these. I think the joke. I think the nuance of the joke is he's picking these white erudite sports. She knows that. So she just lets him have it by rolling her eyes because the most popular ones are the ones she's listed. And it's like I couldn't decide. It's like this is either breaking ground in the the conversation or we probably just shouldn't have this conversation at all. But um, or it's racist. It's it's definitely a, a knock at white people. And a knowing knock at white people like Rodney is even like, what about this? You know, like yeah, yeah, he's picking yeah. random shit that like, again, you're like, yeah, black people wouldn't even play. <laughs> like that's, that's fine. That's fine. That's funny. Um, yeah. yeah. I forgot fox hunting. Oh, best of sports. Best of sports. So um, they um, they play the tornadoes. The tornadoes beat them nine to nothing. Okay, he goes over and Mullen is very disappointed. He tells it, my wife and I are very disappointed. We expected a much better showing. Uh, and, you know, Rodney tries to, like, look on the bright side. We'll do better next time. I'll, I'll, I'll work with him, yada, yada, you know, placates him. Mm-hmm. And um, he's, he's having anxiety about, it's just, once again, anxiety about losing his job that he complains to Jack Hay. He'll, he doesn't complain the best because he has to be that that classic uh 69 year old man is that yeah. how old he is yes oh, he no, everything's great honey don't worry yeah. about it you know i want you to quit your job yeah uh-huh. so that's his only lines of dialogue to his wife <laughs> i want you to uh, don't worry it's fine i want you to quit your job <laughs> yeah you, you quit your job it'll be good but uh he says last night i had a dream i was a soccer ball and best best kept kicking me and i told her don't touch me you can't use your hands like Okay. (laughs) There's a lot of, like, women abuse jokes seem to be a theme for Rodney. Um, It's just all part and parcel with the Rodney Dangerfield character. uh Uh-huh. So um, he's talking to Bess about – they're talking about the wedding. She's she's, She brings wedding invitations to his work, right? And she surprises him there. And he kind of um, gives her – he's kind of standoffish with her. 
and um, he knows that when he goes back to goes back home, he talks with her about it. He's like, "Listen, I was short with you because uh, you know I got a lot on my plate." She's like, "Oh, it's all right. I, you know, I shouldn't have surprised you at work, but I'm very excited about getting married and like yada yada." And uh, basically, Matthew sees this, and and this is when he starts to be privy to Ronnie Dangerfield's dilemma, the son, right? He's he wants to do right by his mother. They both want to do right by his mom. And he's uh, also recognizing that his mom actually truly likes loves this person and like mm-hmm. you know like like it or not, this is who she wants to be with. So yeah, he's trying to do right by her for that reason, you know. And um. And, and he's a stand-up kid because even though he's got his differences with Rodney, he he kind of uh, interjects and says, I, I will join. And that, that comes a little bit later. Before that, he gets a feel for the team, right? Um, yeah, well, we go to the school and, and we get yeah. – which is like this is a, an odd scene to me. It's just like John, uh, Jonathan Brandis playing Matthew has difficulty talking to like <laughs> Vanessa Shaw. But I'm just like, like both of them are hot. He's a hot kid. She's a hot yeah. kid. Like both of them are hot. They would naturally be talking to each other. It's like, oh no, I can't. I, I don't know how to talk to her. I don't know how to say <laughs> things to her. Like you're not that awkward. You need to cast more awkward if you're going to play that. Well, but he's, he's he's sporty. He impresses her with a long catch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Dangerfield shows up in a van and he's like, get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a girl like the teacher sees it. So she like calls him out. <laughs> I, lo- I don't know if I caught it as a kid that it's the same woman who catches him later in the dress shop, you know, like it she looks like her. I think it's the same woman. And, and it, it would make is. sense that it was a recurring gag that like, you know, he runs yeah. into you know, it's man. It's just like Mrs. Doubt. It's like the bus driver in Mrs. Doubtfire. I like that Mediterranean looking women, healthy, yeah. natural, just the way God made you. <laughs> like, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cut the third interaction <laughs> between them. We don't need it. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Uh, do they have a fully formed extended cut of Mrs. Doubtfire, or do you no. have to just watch the deleted scenes? Yeah, you just have to. Uh, watch. I'm, I'm like. Somewhere somebody has probably Grace. edited those together. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I would uh, love to see that. Cause, Which, uh, by the way, been watching Spider-Man with Jack. Watch Spider-Man mm-hmm. one. Watch Spider-Man two. Spider-Man two, much better movie. Not for a five-year-old though. <laughs> the existential crises do not work on a kid. Didn't really think about that. Interesting. Uh, he was very bored with Spider-Man two. But we, of course, got into Spider-Man 3. We've watched the first 40 minutes. And at least so far, the first 40 minutes, not that bad. <laughs> so he's There's some pretty uh, visual effects in, like, the goblin fight in the air with Peter. But oh, yeah. Beyond that, the like, content-wise, not that bad so far. I'm, I'm kind of interested. All right. Are you talking about you or your son? <laughs> Me. Like, I mean, he's interested, too. He just wants to get to Venom. Uh-huh. Which I'm like, you got a long way to wait, man. You're lucky that you're interested in Ooh. Sandman. Like he's fine. He's he's visually impressed by Sandman and. Oh really? That's. I'm cool. I, I'm not. I'm like, oh, that's another one. Uh, that looks so good. You mean? <laughs> you're like, I don't know what you're so impressed with, kid. <laughs> he's five. <laughs> kid, I don't know. Kid, this looks bad. That looks like an early. Like they need to do another pass on this CG. So you're saying you're you're looking at Spider-Man three from a different perspective now, perhaps a, lighter, I'm just saying a better one. With with the with the um 
with the with time on my side, having a lot of distance from that movie, watching it with mostly fresh eyes, there's a lot that I forgot all about mm-hmm. um, so far. And so far, it's not as bad as I remember. But again, I'm not even I think through Act One fully. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, it's the joy of hey, it's it's like pizza, baby. It's Spider Man, you know. How bad can it be? Uh, I mean, did you even see? Bad. Did you see Amazing Spider Man Two? No, but I'm gonna have to because he wants to watch. Yeah. He wants to get to the MCU, but I have to watch these Spider Man movies first so he can appreciate it. We kind of talk, we talked about this recently. It's like pizza, baby. Even even Amazing Spider Man Two on the right day is like all right, okay. I'll take Fine. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it for the first time because again, I have there's no stakes in watching it now. You know, it's yeah. I'm not like, oh, I hope this is good. It's like I don't, I I know it's not good. So how bad can it be? It's it's a weird movie. So there's the um anyway. Yeah. Ladybugs. Ladybugs. Um. So he's uh he, he Matthew yeah he he goes for that long catch Vanessa Shaw sees his his value he demonstrates his value like in the dentist system on it's always sunny by catching the ball in front of Vanessa Shaw <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thus uh engaging physically yeah. the next step sealing the, the deal dentist. yeah but um she says nice catch and she walks by and she like runs away to get in her ride and before he can talk to her yeah um rodney picks him up and he says uh like you gotta help me like you're an athlete you know about soccer you got kicked like he got kicked off his team recently conveniently as best tells him so like oh like wow the timing must be so fortuitous for rodney to to draft this boy onto his uh girl's team which leads to a point of the movie that is kind of like, well, that doesn't really make much sense when it's like later on the mom is like, oh, he joined a new soccer team. Like, what new soccer team at the school do they have that he could have joined? Yep, yep. So he, but he takes him to their practice and he's like, just give us some pointers. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. God, oh. And and Jonathan Brandis Matthew just kind of hangs back like way across the field, right? And this is important because they they can't really, even though Vanessa Shaw goes to school with Matthew, she does not recognize uh, Matthew when he dresses up as Martha, his alter ego, which is yeah. you know I guess it's, we have to. That's the suspension of disbelief that yeah. you have to have to have in order to get through this movie. Yeah, uh, but you know it's fine. So he's observing, and what else, what does he observe? He sees, well, they suck on wheels. But uh, also Vanessa Shaw is on the team. Uh, Kimberly, right? Yeah. And that's when we he has that fantasy sequence that we talked about, the, the Neverly Brothers. Uh, yeah. If you get sequence. past the discomfort of her in a bikini running, the rest of the sequence is funny. But yeah, it's, it's just, it starts. Uh, it's kind it's of impressive. Start. When they in the last shot, when they come out of those giant doors and it's their wedding, I was like, just seeing giant doors anywhere, people coming out is kind of epic and cool. There's 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 actual it's not it's something where you're like, man, they have some money in this movie. They did like a little bit. I don't know. Like, obviously, they didn't build this. They they found something like this. But it's like they took them there for one shot of a montage. You know, that's I know that's commitment. 
they had to shoot this. Like they had to put Vanessa Shaw in this like extravagant wedding dress. They had to put Jonathan. Which is Br- they had to fit him for late. a tux. It's, it's a that's a short skirt for a wedding oh, dress. I know that. Like basically all of the shots they put her in, she's um a little just a little too revealing for a for a young lady. Young Dan loves it. Old Dan is conflicted and does not uh, want to see that as much. But um, so at the end she says, "Can you catch the ball?" Because she with her giant uh those uh her getaway sticks she kicks the the ball all the way towards brandis and he gives her the ball back um i don't know if she recognizes him from just hours ago when she left school and he caught the ball in front of her but well, she kind of doesn't even really look at him it's just kind yeah. of a side glance mm-hmm. and so she goes back to practice and this is kind of swaying matthew when rodney returns he says okay i'll do it and he's like, but don't expect, you know, he got, you know, he lays down the ground rules like uh, we're not going to be pals. You know, I still have to keep my distance from you because I don't really like you very much, you know, or I have to project that image still. He keeps calling him Chesterfield like that's his thing, which is apparently a Jonathan Brandis thing. Oh, really? That, like he he personally would do that to like kind of give people like a slightly insulting nickname. And like he brought it to the movie, which is like, OK, hey, Chesterfield, hey, Chesterfield. I mean, like, hey, what, what's up, Danfield? Like, what? Like, what? Why? How is well, that? Chesterfield so- is, I think, a cigarette, isn't it? I don't know. No, he used bl- to just add the word field to the end of. Oh, that was his. I'm sorry. I wasn't I didn't catch that part there. According to the ever reliable <laughs> trivia. That's he would stupid. Just add, that is stupid. It's something a 13-year-old thinks is like, oh, that's kind of, that's cool. That's my thing. Hey, rest in peace. That was silly, though. That's silly. Um, So, like, he gives some pointers. He's like, put your fastest runners up front. Your offense will be more effective. Now, if I were playing, what I would do is I'd play center midfield so I could control the flow of the game, help out the inexperienced players. So, already, the wheels are turning. And he looks at him, and he looks yeah, with he's that. He's got those creepy, cre- the creepiest look put on. It basically looks like if you've ever seen the cover of My Five Wives, another Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> movie. That's the same face. The classic in this like, scene. Like he sees a really tantalizing babe or, or food, and he hasn't eaten in a while. You know, like just yeah. like. Ugh. <laughs> But he looks like somebody like, like somebody has a bottle of respect on a table. And he's <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> Finally, I'm going to get that coveted respect. Um, wouldn't that be great if somebody uh, deep faked Rodney onto Indiana Jones in that opening sequence of Raiders? He's rubbing the chin and it's the, the bag of res- like he, he's trading a <laughs> bag of sand for respect. That's the idol. There you he's go. going to run Internet, away from a ball. Internet and AI make it happen. <laughs> But uh, he says, it'll never happen, Chester. It'll never happen. You're crazy, Chester. It'll never happen. No. And then it cuts and he's, hey, he's Martha, baby. Right? Oh, what a perfect moment right before a commercial break in a sitcom. That's, this is exactly <laughs> when it would happen. Uh, and this, just a great smash cut comedic jump cut to, to him dressed in a uh, blonde Pulp Fiction Bob wig. And he's got the girl's uniform on. He's ready to go. And uh, it's like, hey, I want you to meet your new ladybug, Martha. Hi, Martha. Hi. Hey, you're a hit already. You know? Uh, Yeah, can you not comment on me? I'm I'm standing right here. Hey, who am I talking to? 
They're convinced already. He's like, <laughs> like he's super loud. You got him on the ropes, Matthew. This is you're doing great. Hey, we fooled them all. <laughs> so uh, now let's uh, hope they don't find out you're a boy. <laughs> uh, this is the coach. Hey, you didn't hear anything. Kimberly goes up. She introduces herself to Martha now. Not suspicious that uh, it's Matthew. I guess she doesn't pay enough attention to him at school. It's fine, whatever. The the one credit I will say is that he does have a a pretty face. So, you know, like he's he passes somewhat as a girl, as a homely girl. But, you know, a girl. You ever see that take? Speaking of TikTok, that one filter that turns you into your opposite uh, gender if you're thinking I, binary. I, I don't want to use that. I don't want to see I, what it look like. I haven't used it either, but you know, you you've seen it. I've People seen use it. it. Yeah. And it's always um, if you can't date yourself, then you can't like it's. They always do that same prompt, like something like that. Like, yeah. I don't want to use it. I don't want to see. Yeah. I also I think, don't need. I don't need. I don't need to submit my photo to something that's gonna like manipulate it i don't care I don't want to there's do something we should just sit, should not see and, yeah uh, that's right some, i don't want to see me as a as a lady no even though hey i dressed up in drag as a, as a lady i did this basically this cause a similar premise for a play i did in high school called our girls where they were trying to get an inheritance but like the rich grandma who was eccentric was like they have to be granddaughters and we're like oh we're boys homina homina so i did put on a black the the pulp fiction wig and uh i wore a little pretty dress and i did basically hey maybe i was channeling my inner brandis when i was doing uh our girls you know just like ah jonathan help me get through this (laughs) i had a shrine built of him you know backstage but uh never-ending story riding on that fucking dog (laughs) thing He, uh, I don't know his full story. I just, I know he committed suicide. I think he hanged himself. That's yeah, awful, you know? Yeah, I don't know if there was drugs involved, but mm. is it wrong to say it wouldn't surprise me? Rest in peace, man. But um, she, so Martha's on the team and already there, it's, there's a new game right off the bat. And uh, wasting no it, time. They're making a little progress here. Martha's like aggressively just trying to like, what are you doing? Hey, hey, wake up. Hello, you sissy priss. And like he's like kind of talking trash. So that's kind of his arc also is that Rodney Dangerfield. And it's funny because like I think in the very next scene of the scene after it starts with like action. He goes, Matthew, you got to act more like a girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's like his big cross to bear. Yeah. In this. <laughs> It's real simple. It's basically just like, what's the next scene about? Martha, you gotta act like a girl. Matthew, you gotta act like a girl. Right. Yeah. It is. Moving on. Sitcom-y, totally. It's just, uh, Leonard, we have to get tickets to the new Indiana Jones. (laughs) Well, just keep your shirt on, Sheldon. That's my big bang. What do you think? (laughs) I think it's accurate. I think, uh... Bazinga. Bazinga. Right? Do we have? Do we owe anybody money for saying that now? Do we owe Jim Parsons a hundred dollars for saying that now? Yeah, I think probably. that's how it works. Yeah, but um, he's out there. He's like, oh, he's he's playing like psycho. He's nuts. Looks like Norman Bates playing soccer. Like, yep, that's not even much of a riff, Rodney. No, that's it's pretty like. Was that a script one? Did you not? You didn't want to yeah. riff. You didn't want to ad lib that one. After the game, no showers. Oh. <laughs> 
Um, he's like, afterwards, he's like, Matthew, you got to change your style of playing. If we're going to be a winning team, there's got to be harmony. All the girls got to like each other. And right now, the girls are not too fond of Martha. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, he does this riff that I I'm really just, I'm doubt. glad that you pulled up the, the transcription of the movie oh, for, yeah. for passages like this. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> it's good to have it word for word. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, he gives him the spiel that I believe he just, Matthew just did not do during the game. I think he honestly is just riffing when he says, A girl doesn't give the opposing team the finger until their coach up yours. A girl doesn't refer to the referee as a blind bastard. A girl doesn't slap another girl on the ass and say, You're hot stuff. And a girl doesn't say, I gotta take a leak so bad I can taste it. <laughs> like, I don't think Matthew did any of that stuff during the game, man. And if he did, he'd be like, after the first or second thing, I'd be like, all right, all right, I get it. Like, yeah, yeah, I know what I said. All right, shut up. Yeah, I know. He's Chesterfield. Like, um, I had a teacher like that. I would, like, make some wisecracks, and they would, like, recap them while telling me off. <laughs> you ever get that? They're like, you don't say, I was just blah, blah, blah. And you don't say this to the other students. And you did like, I, I know it. Like, it was exactly like that. It's like, let's not take inventory of like, I, like, I, like, I know you were there. I was there. Like, what's the punishment it here? It just happened. Why do we have right. to recruit? Like what like, previously on? Come on, let's move on. Yeah. I just like both of us. I think we like to crack wise and be the class clowns. And some teachers were not fucking having it in, in school, you know? Yeah. I, I just, I just, Pick and chose. I chose the right teachers, I guess. None of them really gave me too much shit. Oh. Except, for, except for the one time in social studies when the guy literally told me, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Shut your ass down. <laughs> like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> that's a whole like, like... Seventh grade or something like that. That's a whole other conversation is the time teachers freaked out like oh. in the middle of class. I wish we could do a Snoah just on that, but it has nothing yeah. to do with Hollywood. Hey, you know, like, uh, yeah, I don't know what the future of podcasting is like for me, but maybe conversations like that and not even about movies, you know, <laughs> we'll see. But um, there's other things on the plate. Got to get this movie done. Uh, other things. But here we go. Um, so he says all that, telling off Matthews, you got to act like a young lady. And... Um, He's like, I don't know how you talked me into this. It's all over. I quit. So already he's like out. But like I said earlier, when he goes back to Bess and Bess is just so excited about the wedding and, you know, sorry, I visited you at work. I'm just so excited with the invitations and everything. Matthew overhears this and, and Rodney's like he's still lying to her and it kills him. He can hear this. So he chimes in before just before Rodney says, I didn't get the pro. He's like, ah, how's it going in here, Chester? <laughs> what do you think of Jonathan Brandis as an actor? I like him. I, yeah, I don't think he's that bad. I think he's actually pretty decent in some, like, with the, with the yeah. type of attitude he's playing in this movie. I think he's got, I like, my favorite child actors, go figure, are the, the old souls, the one who seem like they're wise beyond their years. Uh-huh. Like, River Phoenix, very sure. much like that. Yeah. And um, I think Brandis, to a certain degree, you know? Yeah. He seems like a very mature young man in this movie, you know? He's put upon. He's he's helping out a friend. Like that's something adults do. <laughs> a sixty nine year old friend like Marty McFly and Doc. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, I think he's. I fuck. I would have liked to see him. It seems like he probably maybe would have. It's this is all speculation. 
maybe went the way of like a Steven Dorf. Like he pops up and things you're like, hey, you know, he's like, it's cool. He's still doing shit. Like maybe he'll do something really big in the future. But for right now, he's just kind of doing odds and ends, you know. It's like when's it going to be the Brandesans? Right. It could be a there could be a Dorf Sons. There could be there could have been a Brandesans, you know. But uh, I like. What do you think of Jonathan Brandis? I I mean, I I I like him too. Yeah. All right. Never really seen it. I I saw the Never Ending Story as a kid, and I don't remember it. So yeah. Just just that dog dragon creature. While we're on the subject of Dangerfield, I think what he I think one of the people who taught me. Like a lot, there's many stand-up comedians who taught me, like like Mark Maron or like depression. It's it's definitely evident even in your 60s, in your, <laughs> even your twilight in your years, almost 70. You're you can be have mass anxi- massive anxiety and and still have, not have it all figured out, but still navigate this world and have a successful career. I think that was inspiring to see with Rodney Dangerfield. And when you hear stories like that, where he was like, he was always like, was that funny? Was that like, was that a good job? Did I do a good job? Like, it just seemed like he was constantly a slave to his own uh, way of thinking. Did you watch the uh, the Kevin Smith thing? No, the mental. I got the bullet points of. Why, the, of watch the video, though, honestly. Yeah, I, I think that I think you will get uh, something out of it. I got so I got a lot out of it just by watching him tell his story in full. Um, but yeah, like that shit doesn't, it doesn't really go away unless you like, look, mental health is important and maybe therapy is something everybody should be doing. That's, you know, I believe it. Um, or lest, lest we end up like Rodney. Yeah. I don't think Rodney was a guy in therapy. I think, um, it just wasn't part of his generation to do that sort of stuff. But, uh, I I know I like there's definitely a place for Rodney and that's why we revisit this movie right so we're still here and uh, he he he's now Jonathan Brandis is all in for the soccer team and it's not for the girl it's like that's a perk it's for uh, his family well that his arc is is moving forward he's he's no longer thinking selfishly with Mm -hmm. his with his little Brandis he's Mm -hmm. uh, you know thinking. Thinking for the think, thinking for the future. He's got a nice subtext scene when he he chimes in and he says, "I joined a new soccer team. Coach is a really nice guy. Once you get to know him, once you get to know him, right? It's like, hey, you know, that's say no more. All right. So, um, oh, the next Matthew. scene. <laughs> oh, oh, so they're going out. It's now Matthew. It's Jack A. It's Rodney. They're going to the mall. But he kind of tells Jack A to fuck off pretty early on because she's just chiming a little in a little bit too much. Talking about, uh, it's like, well, I don't know. Like, uh, if he, there's some guys you should uh, uh, give in to. You know, there's ones that uh, if he's eyeing you, you're eyeing him. Music's on. You do your thing, you know. It's just Jack A doing like a little. Just Jack A just say something in this moment here. And she's like, yeah, I can say something. And then she like has this little like fast talking this is she does this a few times in this movie where she's like rapid fire like says a few things and it gets shut down yeah <laughs> just uh, shut up. that's her response by the way to, to him saying uh with boys as a young lady you always say no and jack k interjects and well, goes why is this even part of the lesson honestly like if, if, why is know. why is 69 year old chester talking <laughs> 
of why is he the one giving the lessons in the first place? So the next three scenes or so is them in the wild, and it's hijinks of him trying to acclimate Brandis as a young lady, quote-unquote, but the public is kind of uh, seeing this and reacting uh, accordingly uh, in the 90s, in 92 anyway, I guess, which is... Um, for you know, it ends with an old lady walking into the men's room and screaming bloody murder. Like that's just kind of not what happens now. By the <laughs> like, actually, kind of blew my mind. Jer, have you been in a uh, a unisex bathroom in a crowded no, place? I have not. I I don't know that I would want to. There's no choice uh, at C2E2. All the bathrooms are unisex. You go in. You're mixing it up with old women, young women, old guys. Young. It's it, it, if you watch Star Trek, I'm like, we're almost like if we just all ban- we we're almost at Starfleet. Like if only we level. could figure out how to abandon money. Like yeah, post almost like post sexuality, <clears throat> but still we're sexual people. We just have it more under control. I like yeah. that. You know, pretty soon we're just all going to be casually asking if we all want a grok later. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> grok? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a reference to, oh, I think, 1984 or something like oh. one, of, one of those books in school that we had to <laughs> you read. You want a grok? I don't know. That we were supposed to read that I only like read the Cliff's Notes of and still beat <laughs> my way through the test. Brave New World was like that for me. Uh, Stranger in a Strange Land, and what was the one? Slaughterhouse Five. All three of those old sci-fi. I'm, I'm sure I was supposed to 70. read all of those. I've never read them. Yeah, I'm sure I, I took either. tests on all of them, which is Same proof here. that if you're ever worried about like, you know, like thinking about, oh, I don't know as much as the professionals or something like that. Profession. Nobody knows anything. Everybody is everybody is full of shit, and they all just know enough to pass their tests. That's why unless they I, really like what they're doing and then you actually care to learn. And so I tell people if they if they, they want to sometimes occasionally someone will want to tell me they want to make a movie. Right. And it's like when we went to the high school and we talked to the this, the writing students, mm-hmm. there's it's like there's good hubris. And all I mean is that like like those guys are the professional screeners or that guy's the professional banker or the weatherman. Like why? There's no reason why you can't say, why the fuck can't I be that, you know? Yeah. That's what I mean, yeah. Absolutely. So so they're they're back in the uh, the dress shop, right? And he goes in and he's all like, I need you to get a dress. I need a dress for young ladies. Like, okay, what size? And he's like, well, uh, what size are you, Matthew? And he's like, well, he's like, this would be the, about the size of Matthew. He's got a twin sister. Because, yeah, Matthew would know his female dress size. Like, You're right. Yeah, women's women's <laughs> sizes are all like it just is, is simple to learn as men's dress men's pants sizes. And the woman, of course, she's like trying to through a fake plastered smile talk her be professional while he says, "Oh, I want Matthew to try on this dress in your, your dressing room, just so I get an idea of what it'll look like on his twin sister." And she's like, "Okay." And they go. And now it'd be like, "Hey, I want to try on this dress," and be like, "Okay, yeah, it's been yeah, there. I don't exactly. care. Exactly. Whatever. Exactly." We, we we really have come a long way. Uh, now the only the joke you can make would be years. like the person behind the counter just is completely uninterested. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know what? Like, I'm glad you brought this up, Jer. Fluidity, uh, this trans thing, it's killing comedy. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say anything anymore. <laughs> Oh boy! Um, um, all this, all these, all the woke police. 
I know, right? Just They're the ones just killing the me. You can't say anything anymore. Hello? Like, okay, like, I pay my taxes just like you, or maybe you don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> whatever. And I'm doing the whatever with my hands right now. Let the record show with the W. Whatever. Losers. Um, People are dumb. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he misses, like, Matthew's, like, he's trying to talk to him, and, like, he, he loses Matthew. Where is Matthew? Matthew is hitting a speed bag at a fucking athletic store and just crushing it as a bunch of boys look on like, oh, he's like, oh, she's uh, training for the uh, the boxing championship. You got to work on your jabs and your hooks and your, your slip is showing. Come on, let's get out of here. You know, stuff like that. Gender hijinks, guys. Gender hijinks. I, I remembered while watching this movie how much the speed bag used to make me laugh. <laughs> just because I had never really seen a speed bag before. And I was like, what is with that tiny little punching bag? And why is it making that noise? And it, I used to crack up at seven years old. You know how cats, they they go up against a wall and they go like. Yeah. I want to get a speed bag for my cat. So we can go like in the corner. <laughs> Be great. A little cat size speed bag. Yeah. You need to invent it and then sell it. And then mm-hmm. on TikTok, and then that's, oh yeah, you'll be that actually. You, I don't know if you're joking. I, but I think that would really catch on. Actually, Cat I'm not. I'm not joking. That it would be kind <laughs> of like a cool invention. Cute, very cute. Um, so oh, there's like the probably the dirtiest innuendo scene is when they're in the dressing room. Rodney joins Brandis in there, and there's a a, a woman. Uh, we believe maybe it's the teacher or whoever from earlier who sees Matthew in the van at, at school. And he's like, is everything all right, Matthew? It's like, yeah, he's not a stranger. He's just strange, you know, decent line. He's a stranger in a strange land. Yeah, there you go. Robert Heinlein, I believe. Haven't read Heinlein. it. Yeah. Uh, Supposed I remember to read that it. cover, Haven't though. Read it. Mm-hmm. That cover's staring me down, though. It's like funny how I remember covers of books more than the con- – way more than the con- – like working at a video store. You're like, oh, yeah. You know certain You know covers. the covers. I've never seen My Five Wives. I dropped that <laughs> reference earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> the one that always got me was the David Hyde Pierce thriller The Perfect Guest. Do you remember that where he's like it's like menacing and he says like a wine glass and he's like kind of half smiling. I'm like, oh, he's the he's like a lector in this. Oh, shit. Oh, I don't remember that one. <laughs> All right. So, OK, he pulls Matthew. Oh, oh the big innuendo thing is he goes in there and he, uh, they're like adjusting the wig. And he's like, if it's too tight, you'll get used to it. You know, like in, insinuating maybe that there's something. But like they're facing the same like each yeah, other. It kind of so, like. It, it, I don't know if maybe them. Fa- I don't know if the other way was too too much, even for yeah. PG thirteen, or maybe it was just poorly directed. I don't know, but it was kind of like that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> he should have the opportunity. The opposite way, yeah, the same facing the same direction. That's right. <clears throat> um, I mean, if you're that's... gonna rape a teenager, you gotta kind of like you gotta make sure you get him in the right position. Absolutely, I've been saying that since since this movie. Because I was inspired, but um, start to anyway, raping. Yep. Some, so a little touch of Norm Macdonald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that. So Mr. Mullen talks to Rodney, 
You talk about their last conversation. He's like, I know you wanted a winning team, you know, but it just takes time. And this is when, like, uh, we were talking about that uncharacteristically nice scene, but, like, maybe that is his character. It's just kind of like he flip-flops based on his relationship. But, like, he's, he, he's talking to him. He's like, oh, maybe he's just high on mushrooms. But he's like, don't worry about it, Chester. <laughs> it's fine. It'll work out. They're getting better. I mean, you know how girls are. They never come through right away. It's like, it's like he's very understanding. He says, my wife and I are very pleased. And he's like, this new girl you got on the team, Martha? I hear she's great. So it's like, You almost okay. won. <laughs> and I think it's win the like, game, it's... win the game, <laughs> win the game. Right. It's weird. Like, I guess it's like the, the, the structure doesn't dictate me to be quite mad. And things are supposed to be going well for your character or relatively. So I'll cut you some slack until maybe the midpoint this is basically what Mullet is uh, maybe saying. But uh, they're they're practicing a little bit more. They um, this is when we meet Coach Annie with the Beavers. This is the big Beavers game against the Ladybugs here. And uh, apparently so far this year they're defeat undefeated. So there's that. Them Beavers. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rodney gets to with Mullen, his boss, which is like this is like this is why you. This is how he excels at his job is by doing his danger field shtick, you know, and letting the boss be privy to this in front of a, a common enemy. Like this is this is this is how you get promoted. So she's like telling him he's like a loser and that they're going to lose. They've already lost their first two games. Right. And then mm-hmm. as she's walking away, she goes, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, she's not two faced. If she was, she'd wear the other one. huh? And Mullen like sure. goes, let me <laughs> let me just do a couple minutes here. <laughs> right. And well, like I got a tight three that I want to do right now. <laughs> Let me riff a little bit. Hey, right, I'll take her to a dog show. She'd win. Her, <laughs> my oldest joke. At Christmas, they hang her and kiss the mistletoe, which is like, like she looks like mistletoe, or like yeah, they'd rather kiss. Doesn't doesn't. I, I, I don't know. That's as confusing as the mistletoe line in Batman Returns. Yeah, look, mistletoe jokes are hard to write, okay? <laughs> a kiss is even deadlier if you mean it. Oh. Uh, still probably the best, no, not the best Batman movie, but certainly uh, top-tier Batman. Take that over the Batman any day of the week. That's right, as people hit stop. <laughs> uh, hey, Jer, um, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Wait, don't you mean, <laughs> don't you mean, uh, you want to get nuts? <laughs> Let's get nuts. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, I'm all Batman. of these, uh, these have to be fucking trailer shots only. He's taking so much damn time that I'd be like, uh-huh. no, I'm sorry. Like my, or, or I would like, I would just be like, you know what? In the editing, we're gonna cut out some frames in the middle here. We, Mike, yeah. can you just do it standing as perfectly still as possible. <laughs> that like, or do it like I do. You speed up uh, just a certain portion of the footage if you can, and maybe yeah. that'll be still enough. But um, try not to blink and just stay still, <laughs> so we can work with this. Do you remember uh, how the, you remember reading how they said Charlie Cox had to hold for applause in his performance in No Way Home? Like he had to build that into yeah. his performance. Twenty bucks says they told that to Keaton, and Keaton really overshot it. <laughs> like, like really overshot it. Michael Keaton does have this thing where, like, he thinks that everybody 
loves his I Batman. Know. And a lot of people do. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we're mm-hmm. in a post-Christian Bale world now. I know. Even a post-Ben Affleck world now where, like, he's not the only guy that people care about. I and, love the confidence, though, you know? Love I, the confidence. I, I do, too. But, man, it's just, like, it, it just looks like egotistical Michael <laughs> Keaton. And, you know, and Michael Keaton. There's a line. There is a line. Historically is kind of an egotistical person from what I've is he? heard or read. Oh, it's it's so weird. Like you, you blank check like Griffin always gushes about Keaton. I was listening to another podcast and like an SNL writer was on. He's like, Keaton's my guy. Like, I have a feeling he's inspired so many comedians our age. Like we I think we underestimate that even like it's crazy. I'm just saying when the guy is doing like a speech <laughs> I know, I know. at like a college graduation and he ends yeah. his speech with I'm Batman, that's a man who's got an ego problem. I know. I think we are. I think I was telling you about that on this or like we were just talking about it on the show. But like he really doesn't he really milk it. He's like, there's, there's just one thing. One thing I'll leave you with. Just one thing. Just 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 one thing I'll leave you with. Just 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 one thing. It's one thing. Right. I'm Batman. Like, he really, like, milks that <laughs> shit. One like thing. We're all supposed to just fawn. Yeah, yeah. This is what, this is justifies my tuition and my, all of my loan repayments. Just that. <laughs> but, uh, back I to the I can story. die now. <laughs> yeah, have, a, you're not, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the story here, Brandis. I like this. They're actually making like a character moment that's tying it in with the the goals of the team by having uh, Martha Matthew put butterfly stickers on the soccer ball for Chew. Like that's a nice little touch, you know. Yeah, he's that, mm-hmm. he's making genuine effort to uh, unite the girls or at least it, it, like improve them in some way. Like it's not just about him going out there and showboating like Michael Jordan and and uh, the end of Space Jam. <laughs> He's like he's going out there and like trying to help the team. Like he this is this is why I say this movie isn't like as bad as like a lot of bad movies and like in some ways it still holds up because these arcs do track and there's nothing where you're like, "Well, what the fuck is that about?" Like mm-hmm. it all makes sense and it's all very very basic, but you know, I, I appreciate it. I'm just like, "Yep, okay. Next scene, you're trying a little bit. Next scene after that, you're going to care deeper. And then after that, you're going to be one of them. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes, right? And and Chu is she actually makes a goal, and Jack Hayes chanting Chu, 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 and he goes, "What are you celebrating or sneezing? Oh, PG jokes. Oh, kind of racist, <laughs> but that's her name, I guess. I don't know. Everything's racist these days. Yeah, just I think don't make jokes. Yeah, just don't make any jokes about anything other than how bad white people are." That's that's the only acceptable race humor these days. I think, uh, according to my notes here, my progressive liberal notes here. Yep, that's mm-hmm. right. Fucking um, libtards making us. You can't say anything anymore. It's, it was a different time, and I a different honestly, time. I wish it was now. It's all you know? killing comedy. I'm not a comedian, but it's all killing comedy. <laughs> I don't go to stand-up shows or anything, but it's a killing comedy. It's killing comedy. I don't watch the talk show circuits, but it's just all killing comedy. Uh, interest in Mulaney's new special? Didn't know he had one. <laughs> so, uh, would, okay. Will you watch it or no? Uh, yeah, probably not. 
It's not that it's I got I got nothing against John Mulaney and like his stand up is fine. I just I probably won't watch it. Like I just don't have the time to watch a stand up. If you special. had the time, you'd watch it. Yeah. All right. That's fair. To be fair, I still haven't seen Norm Macdonald's Netflix like his, his final, final special, special and like, I didn't either. Mm. So you know I I got some catching up to do. Same here. I watched uh, the fucking Chris Rock special. Ooh. <laughs> You got time for the Chris Rock special, but not the new Mulaney? I, like, made time. I was like, it's a live event. This is cool. And then I was like, nope, this ain't cool at all. There's nothing cool about this. I was like, 10 minutes into that, I was just like, I'll just wait for the Will Smith jokes at this point. I, mm-hmm. Caitlin's already in bed. I got nothing else to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're still playing the Beavers, right? Chew made the goal. Uh, crush those bugs, trap those beavers. Those are the chants that are going from the opposing sides. And uh, I think uh, they end up winning, right? This is their they first, their first yeah. W. Yeah, and, and, and Coach Annie does not like that, and, and she gets a red card for it, too. She throws a chair on the field. <laughs> That's right, and somebody trips. <laughs> Next time you'll be thrown off. <laughs> Uh, Pester, the nerd girl, wants to leave the game, but then Martha's like, really? We, we need you. And she's like, I'm going to stay. So, like, that's a nice little – she wants – she feels included, you know? That's yeah. nice. So, um – She goes, hey, Julie, that's one in a row. We won. <laughs> eh, not bad. Uh, Chester, you did it. The the promotion's not far away. Like, reminding our character. Some, I think it's Julie or, you know, some Mullen maybe. Like, dangling that carrot in front that's, of... I think it does come from Mullen, too. And that's one yeah. of the worst things when you're fucking... When the boss is just like, you know, it's like, you'll make partner soon. <laughs> like, no, just mm-hmm. make me fucking partner now, asshole. This is... I get... gotta do this one thing. Right. Yeah. Let me just almost, just a little bit. And I feel like that's... Uh, that's just like um, the new culture of, of jobs now to a certain degree because everybody – it's not just me. My friends are getting these 2 3% raises. The cost of living is not – guess what? Not going down. It's actually going up. So and the bosses are just like, ah, just, you know, can you just hang in there? Just keep working and maybe we'll give you uh, uh, another 2% in five years. Stuff like that. It's just – what are we, slaves? Anyway. The next scene, they're they're in their van, they're driving, and this is all. Oh, this is a big tense scene because Matthew calls Rodney Dangerfield up, right? And the girls at Mullen's place, they all had a pool party. They yeah. all want to go skinny dipping together. This is ridiculous. No twelve, no group of twelve-year-old <laughs> girls wants to go skinny dipping together. They do not. <laughs> they, they don't. I mean, end of story. <laughs> Um, so he calls no more up, than a group Chester. of boys this age want to go skinny dipping together. You got to get me out of here, Chester. And he goes, uh, I'll, I'll be right there. But, uh, like since Bess is in the car with him, he's like swerving around on the road. And like, that's like affecting his like performance. Oh, quote, I, unquote. I, I can't be honest with you, Bess. I just, I saw that. Uh, don't worry about it. You know, I so, just want you to quit your job. <laughs> he shows up and, uh, and dressed as a woman because he doesn't want Mullen's wife to know because it's it's Dangerfield picking up Matthew because who else is going to pick up Matthew at their house to get uh her him this out? Is, this is really fucked up. This lady basically took all the girls back to her house and then said, "Now no one can leave unless your parents make the trip to my mansion to come." Also, get you. also you better all be skinny dipping. Also. 
go skinny dipping while I have a volleyball lesson. Who are you, Ghislaine Maxwell? Yeah. Uh, boy, yeah. I hope. <laughs> boy, I hope she dies. <laughs> anyway, uh, he picks up uh, <clears throat> Matthew. They take off, right? And it's it's just in the nick of time because they were about to see fucking Matthew's dong. And which is funny because that's my porno name, Matthew Dong. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why he couldn't have even in the Martha been just be like, oh no, thank you. I I am allergic to chlorine. It's 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 a thing. Yeah, yeah. Just say something like, I can't swim. How about that? You know? And they're like, we'll teach you. Just you know, take your clothes off. Yeah, take everybody's your top doing off. it. Penny, <laughs> Chew, we're all taking our clothes off. All of us. Yeah, even Chu, who comes from an ultra-conservative household, whose mom would disown her if she ever <laughs> caught wind of this. She's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's streaking. <laughs> I watched that, actually, on Friday. <laughs> I laughed quite a bit during old school on Friday. We had a good time. But uh, everybody's doing it. <laughs> um, remember how creepy Craig Kilborn is in that? Yeah. You know, you can't tell your wife, right? <laughs> That's what chicks do. It's like, like, this is the first thing chick, you say. You? Is this your first line of the movie? <laughs> Some of chicks do. You're not a chick, are you? Anyway, good talk. I'll see you out there. Good talk. See you out there. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, they're okay. Now, next scene, I think they're at the next game, even. They're in the, they make it to the championship. And it's through teamwork. I think we get that. I think we get yeah. the great balls of fire montage. Ah, yes. So that, that's why we can't remember it because it's ridiculous and out of place. And like, why is Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> still thinking he can sing? Uh huh. And oh, okay. rapping Rodney sold a shit ton of records. They go to visit a house, right? And the and Bess is is all psyched about this new house. She's like, oh, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. And like Dangerfield is always on with her right he's just always like cracking wise about his surroundings whatever it is and this house is like oh who lived here the adams family it is kind oh. of like a shitty looking house it got no curb appeal that house but then like they see a guy uh, riding his bike and there's a baby in the seat behind him right yeah. and she's like oh that's cute he's like oh yeah it's cute he'll be staring at his father's behind he's gonna end up with a guy named ralph in the future and wonder why it's just like and and best just kind of smiles and shakes it off if i was best i'd be like shut the fuck up you're <laughs> always you doing fucking just live. let me make a comment <laughs> without fucking one-upping me with a goddamn joke and for uh, who for what audience because this one doesn't care chester I, I said that to Katie, and she's like, she's uh, she dated a comedian before. She's used to it. It's just like that's like I think that'd be funny if that was part of her character. She knows that it's just like she likes she has a type guys who are always on, you know. Yeah. So they look at a house. She wants that house. She wants marriage. She wants things in life, you know. And who can He's blame her? Provide She's got to be them. like 48 years old or something like that. Like it's about time she gets her life together, even though she's got a house and her kid is. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's not doing a lot of good parenting. I'll say that. But thusly, thus we get. Thus, thus, 
we get the the big Mrs. Doubtfire bridges scene of the movie, which is not as executed as nearly as well as the bridges sequence in Mrs. Doubtfire. No, but again, like this movie came first and it's a little yeah. like by I, a year. Yeah, I had to be like, man, I give this movie a little credit for <laughs> for doing that. Like, I, I, I'm sure that Robin Williams. Well, I mean, Robin Williams, you know reported joke thief probably may have even watched ladybugs and thought i can do this better right like uh, or like there's a spec going around town it's about a a cross-dressing and there's there's comedy and uh, we gotta we gotta do our own thing and robin goes don't worry about it i've got something in my back pocket it's just listening in on a a sound (laughs) device uh mrs doubtfire it's either my pick or yours for 90 over but it's it's definitely pick it's it's coming baby it's coming at 90 over in the... All over our face, neck, and chest. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> is what we look like afterwards. Yeah. It's By the really end. Oh, did I frighten you? <laughs> there you go. Um. So okay, this is our lost point. This is where Kimberly shows up at the house, and she's like, she found out where Martha lives through someone. She says in, I think, a line, very vague, but she wants to. And this is weird, the way her energy is. And I know she's a 16-year-old girl. She's shy. She's awkward. She wants a friend. But, like, her energy is, like, she's there to explore her sexuality is what I'm getting from Kimberly in this scene. A little bit, uh, maybe. Maybe. She, she's going down there, and she goes in the basement. and she Because Martha's like, you know, quote-unquote Martha's like, I was just watching some videos. And she's like, I, w- I want to watch videos. And they go downstairs. And, like, her body language is very much like she kind of, like, wants to kiss Martha or something Maybe. like that. I mean, that. she does jump up for that hug pretty, pretty quickly. I know. Uh, I, I have to imagine she's either going to be relieved or bummed. I mean, I mean, I guess obvious, obvious. But um, when she finds out that Martha is a dude, because like she'd be like, well, I don't have to worry about exploring my sexuality. But then maybe she's like, I kind of wanted. Maybe to. I do. Yeah, now. I kind of wanted to though. Uh, that skinny dipping, especially you weren't there, but it was crazy. Yeah, it opened my eyes. Maybe that's her journey in this movie. Like she did the She's skinny like, dipping. Honestly, I I think I have a thing for Asian girls now. I, can you can you blame me? Did you me? see Chew? <laughs> I saw her butterfly myself with my own two eyes. <laughs> so Kimberly's down there in the basement. She like and she tells Martha, "You're my best friend," because like she's like worried. Basically, like. It's obvious that Kimberly's situation with her parents is not healthy. Like, they just want her to win. And her dad, by the way, earlier in the movie, asked uh, Chester to take her out of the game. Because she was was embarrassing him with her field goal that she was trying to kick. He said, "Uh, listen, Chester, she sucks on wheels. Take her out of the game. And uh, (laughs) take her out of the game. And um, so, like, her self-esteem is low. Martha builds it back up. She says, you're my best friend. And it's like, oh, I'm going to go get some Cokes. And every time I watch this movie, I always want to drink a Coke during uh, this scene as I drink my Coke here uh, at my table. It happens because to me with a this. lot of movies, not this one. I do not get a craving for Coke in this. But yeah, when I watch Multiplicity, you better oh. bet your ass I'm going to buy a two liter of Coke and drink straight from it. <laughs> Eating spaghetti. Where do you yeah. get all that stuff? Uh, I love I love multiplicity. Also, it's like uh, I don't. It's not even a guilty pleasure. It's just like no, an it's, average movie. It's, a, it's just it's a it's a mid-level comedy that yeah is very good. 
Harold Ray, like what actually weirdly enough, one of Harold Ramis's best, like, cause he hasn't made that many <laughs> great, the movies. best. I mean, it's his second best. Maybe he did. Uh, did he do stripes? He did Caddyshack. I don't he think did he directed um, stripes. Okay. Caddyshack. Wrote, I, I think maybe, maybe he didn't even co-write it. He just was in it. Bedazzled uh, Groundhog Day year one. Come on guys. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, clearly Groundhog Day is <laughs> there's, like, there's top, no top tier. Groundhog Day. Mm hmm. Are you? Do you think it's overrated or underrated? Just where it needs to be. Been a very long time since I actually seen it, and mm. I think it's probably gets all of the credit that it deserves. I love it. Groundhog right. Day is kind yeah. of a singular movie. Like you, mm-hmm. you know, it's like because anything that's like you know, it's just Bill Murray's high concept kind. Like every big comic actor has their big con- high concept movie, and that yeah. just happened to be his. And it matched his tone and everything, and that's why we all love it so much. Every and for me, a good comedy is like a crown jewel scene. Like one of like, even if it's not necessarily funny, it's just like a great scene. It's the one where he's in the diner and he predicts everything as it's happening. That's yeah. like, per, like crown jewel scene of that movie for me. Someone being good at their job, <laughs> God being godlike, yes, <laughs> and good at their job. But he's the big to do of this sequence back to Ladybugs is to get some cokes. But meanwhile, Dangerfield and uh, Bess are showing up from shopping. And as they're showing up through the front door, he's riffing about grocery shopping as he's like, the one place I feel so masculine squeezing tomatoes with a bunch of old ladies like produce. Like, shut up. Like, do you want to become a comedian or not? You've you've been in sales for 12 years and you keep making jokes. Right. Like, I feel like you should do stand up. So they go inside and uh, Matthew has to dress up as Matthew again from Martha because his mom's home. But here's the solution as I watch it. He needs to keep his mom out of the basement. Right. He just needs to get the cokes. So all he needs to do is go up. Say, Mom, I have a girl in the basement. Can you please not come down? Mom would probably uh, be, be like, she'd be like okay. Well, I want to meet her. Who is she? And uh, then she'd go in the other maybe, room. Maybe. It's not even I a basement. It's just like three steps down in like this little den. It's like yeah. a weird, like it. weird construction to this house. And then he's got his fucking basement bedroom that you can slide down the stairs for. I uh, I really want a finished basement uh, I really want a house, but I really want a finished basement just to like yeah, to, to pull up Matthew and just chill in. That was a deal breaker for me. I was like, I, I really want the same thing. We were like, I yeah. we really need a basement or a basement that's really close to finish that we can easily put a f- little bit of money in. And do our you, basement's uh, finished. Do thankfully. you chill in your your basement? You know, the the basement is really like the playroom. So, yeah. but I I do plan to claim some chilling space when the kids get older and. And you got that you're right now you're in not to give everything away. You're in your spare bedroom, which is like and it has like this other secret. And I've said this before. You need a fake bookcase as the door to get into your little podcast. Weird little like office. It's it's cool. It's it's a cool room. Yeah, I like the the room you're in. Um, So uh, the back and forth. Right. He gets the he has to get the sodas, but he like any forgets. And then like. As Ronnie Dangerfield gets them, best grabs them, says, oh, you read my mind, thus taking away Matthew's Cokes. And it's, like, not even a big deal. Like, it's just he does a couple costume changes, like maybe three or four as going back and forth. And it's, like, a more labored sequence than it needs to be, mm-hmm. really. A little um, bit. It ends with Matthew saying, why don't we just go get some Cokes? 
And they go outside, and Dangerfield helps cover for him by going, oh, 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 like, look at me, Bess, as they make their way out the door. And um, it's weird, because they're on the front lawn, and they're just about to go get sodas. And he's like, oh, I got to do some laundry and some homework, so I guess you come by another time. It's like, what a flake. Like, I wouldn't want to hang out with Martha if, like, you were rushing me out of your house. Thought we were going to get I, – I had to find your address. I had to hunt down how to get here. Yeah, like, I rode my little bike. Also, it took a lot for me to come here and to try to explore my sexuality, and like I feel embarrassed, you know. So, shame on whatever. me for even trying. I guess I'll go to choose and see, you know see what she's uh, into. I'm gonna practice first, but just go straight to little chew. Hey, choose wisely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this kind of all crumbles, doesn't it? Because even though Kimberly gets away, uh, Mom finds out at the end of the scene that uh, Matthew is Martha, and mm-hmm. the cover's blown. Right? <clears throat> yep. He even tries to defend Chester in the moment, mm-hmm. which is like bad move. Just stay out of it. But so then she get a winning team. You know, the, like, like again, she's not doing some very good parenting because all she is is just like, go to your room. Like, go to your yep. room. So just yeah. go to your room. She does. Is uh is bad parenting. Maybe she needs to compose her thoughts and then come back to the room. Like that bedroom sitcom scene later after Darlene ran off and like there's mm. the, the, you know, she sits on the edge of the bed. Yeah. They just, they didn't give us that in this. That's what it's missing. Um, But uh, he's like, right. Girls want to be boys. Boys want to be girls. You know how it is these days. But, you know, it didn't work. Um, so, yes, go to your room is, is uh, what happens. And he's like, it's one thing to lie to me, but to corrupt my son. <laughs> it's like, to corrupt my son. <laughs> got a point, Bess. Like, making him dress like a woman. I know yeah. he's later in his life. It could confuse him. <laughs> could. No, it, it, by, by no means does anything that he did is a good thing it's, ethical it's, 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 it's all bad but yeah i wouldn't go so far as to say he was corrupted you know he yeah. he willingly decided to do i mean at first he didn't want to and then he was fully along with it and you know what i think uh matthew slash martha wants to explore their sexuality too yeah maybe but you know best she gets the last word she says you know you're a great salesman chester but i'm finished buying your bullshit now get out of here Ooh, that's a bullshit that hits hard as a kid when you're watching. You're like, oh, should I have seen this? Bullshit. Should we have seen a TV cut of this movie? She says, guys, don't worry. I'm going to make a meal out of this bullshit. Um, Then he he has to leave, you know? Well, she's an idiot. I'm a jerk. I'm a loser. So um, he goes to – they both – both Brandis and – uh, Dangerfield respectively go to their uh, their dives. For Brandis, it's a ice cream parlor, which is very cute, like like almost like Bart Simpson kind of like bullshit. Like, give me another one, you know? No, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna acting drunk. Come on, yeah. give me another one. Yeah, I like that kid. You've had enough. You're gonna spoil <laughs> your dinner. <laughs> Just like that's a serious line. I don't want to go home. Come on, come on, give me another one. Kid, the way the way you're drinking, you must have a girl problem. <laughs> it is such a. It is like this whole scene is like funny. Like it's got a layer of comedy to it that I don't think is intended, or maybe it's yeah. intended because it is like this is stupid. So let's just make it stupid. 
the the bedside manner of the bartender is is a cliche. It's not something to be laughed at in Dangerfields, but when you apply it to an ice cream parlor setting, and it's like a, a funny black guy who's like kind of like telling him like, "Man, what the hell are you doing here?" Like it's kind of funny. <laughs> You're gonna spoil your dinner. <laughs> That's my favorite line in the scene. <laughs> He says, uh, no, we don't fight. We get along great. We laugh together. We like the same music, the same sports. What's the problem? She doesn't know I'm a boy. She's like, I don't know what you're doing, but you must be doing it wrong. <laughs> like that class. I'm not going to offer any other advice after this. Like, Cut away from this scene. Yep. And that's it. Let's get out of this section. And then we get like kind of a funny, like a, it's like a sweet moment, but then like you get a nice punchline at the end where Ronnie Dangerfield, like he feels bad about everything he's done to Matthew and Bess and he's reflecting. And then, but he, then the bartender's like, yeah, I get that. And then eventually he says, so I dressed up a boy and I tried to make him a girl. And then like cut to him getting kicked it's, out of the bar. It, right? It's a, it's a contrived uh, line. He's just like, I, I, I was dating this girl and I took her son and dressed mm-hmm. him up like a girl and talked him into playing into with playing me. with me. Yeah, and that's like nobody would say it. like he would just be like I. That's not how he would describe what he did. You know, I know. he'd be like yeah. I talked her into playing with me. Like, it's... do you remember? I, I feel like because uh, we got we got into writing. I got into writing comedy. You got into writing comedy pretty early. Like sketches too, like audio sketches on like the the karaoke machine. I feel like this formula of joke is like a more '90s tropey, where you like you you get your character to say something innuendo-y and, and uniquely phrased, and then have the character like like go, "What? What do you mean by that?" It's just it's not yeah. something that happens quite as often. It's, uh, it's today. hokey now. Yeah, exactly. I feel like then it, I was I was looking for like that these kinds of lines you know as a writer as a young yeah. little well there was writer. it felt edgier in the 90s yeah than it does now now it's just like now we look at it and like that's contrived nobody would say it like that that's stupid right like stick your thing in my thing and we'll do the thing and it's just like that's nobody says that like that i know it's just a like a really weird example i'm giving so i'm gonna right. move on <laughs> but uh he gets kicked out of the bar he goes oh boy what a happy hour well at least i beat the check oh so, um, <laughs> yeah. anybody hear that joke? <laughs> Cut to, talking to, to no I believe, our third act here. That's the championship. And and Matthew, like, we don't know if Matthew's going to show up for the game. Like, Bess hasn't talked to Dangerfield, but the show must go on, so to speak. And the girls are a little disheartened when he tells them that Matthew isn't coming. But Matthew does come. He comes as himself. Or Martha isn't coming. Matthew comes as himself. And uh, he says, you know, it's like, a character moment he made a choice he has to walk away from it respectfully like his intentions were good but uh you know it's the lost point so yeah. he's there to support the team just as matthew and when he, well, goes he brought in, martha along but like even <laughs> but chester's like no like let's not do this so oh that's right he's like reluctant he's like yeah i got the wig <laughs> and uh they go in the back tent and like he's dressed he's got the wig on he's all like they do the reveal but um, to rewind, sorry, um, he does make it a point to go to Vanessa Shaw's house at the Mullins to privately tell her first. So she's like she knows it's coming when the rest of the right. girls hear it because she was not allowed in the game because Mullen basically pulled her off the team and told her to stay home by herself right. while they go to the soccer game. That's some fucking psycho That's manipulation. Right. 
holy shit do you not like your kid dude like because she's not gonna like you if you do that oh no their relationship was ruined long ago <laughs> so she's still at the game though she shows up and like and it's like to see that that reveal and to kind of be there for her sisters and the game uh, continues without Matthew. He goes, you don't need Matthew. It's that classic sports thing, like that. Speaking of Space the Jam, Teen Wolf, secret stuff. You don't need the secret stuff, yeah, or you, you don't, don't need, need the, the wolf. wolf. You don't need the the secret stuff. Yeah. You don't need the thing that we all mm-hmm. think we need. Mm-hmm. Well, you I had it in what, you all along. Well, I wonder what would be a good spin on that. It'd be like somebody would be like, you don't need that, and the character, whatever it is, they'd be like, I, I do need that actually. No, my like, insulin. I, I actually yeah, do yeah, need yeah. that. But... Something like, yeah. <laughs> um, don't just, you're gonna get. You had it in you all along. Like, no, that that's actually literally the problem. I, I don't. <laughs> Um, so the girls, they're kind of, they're built up just a little bit to, to continue into the game on their own and, uh, they do well on their own, don't they? Yeah, uh, they do. They do fine. I mean, it's, it's coach bulls team. So, you know, it's, right. it's, they, they're, they're a tough, tough bunch of ladies that they have to, a tough bunch of a lot of boys dressed in wigs, uh, that they have to play against. Is that what was happening? Yeah, there's a lot of boys on, on Coach Bull's team that are that. Like, and it's funny, too, because I'm like, you read that in the trivia, or I read that in the trivia ahead mm-hmm. of time, and then it's like, you watch the movie, and it's like, oh, yeah, those wigs really stand out now. Like, <laughs> that's no one else has that hairstyle, on, even on the actual Ladybugs team. That's funny, man, because it's like, it's all you can almost like build it into the plot as long as they they could find out, like, late in the game, like, wait a minute, these are all boys. And, like, they can almost, like, you know, it's on brand to do that with this movie. But you talk about this, but all girls soccer teams are. What do you do? You think girls play soccer? Yeah. No, it's all boys <laughs> dressed as women. That's Has been for twist. decades. <laughs> That's the big twist. I would love that, actually. Like um, and the right show. Uh, I watched the is the clerks one where Dante coaches the boys baseball team. Yeah. <laughs> that one's classic. I feel like that something would work on a show like that, you know. Um, but um, they uh, continue on with the game, and um, Matthew, what like Coach Bull has some tough talk with Dangerfield. That's kind of funny, right? Yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> Blake Clark, uh, Blake Clark, early Blake Clark, a thin Blake Clark with like a buzz cut, like yeah. product in it, and like he's uh military. He's like wearing like the zip up jumpsuit, like. With like uh, Air Force patches on it, and yeah. um, it's, it's weird. Yeah, so like they they get through the first half of the game quickly, and like the they're like the girls are down, like obviously the ladybugs are down, and then it's weird that he's just like, okay, now they get that the halftime pep talk while mm-hmm. the the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile is on the field for some reason, <laughs> and the the idea of a pep talk. This is the weird thing is like, so the angle is like. Look, Martha is Matthew, and you don't need Martha on the team because mm-hmm. it was a boy all along. Like, it doesn't – like, wouldn't that make them feel like, oh, shit, like, it was a boy the entire – like, we needed a boy to actually help us yeah. win? Like, it almost makes it worse. You're right. It's not an earned moment for the girls to go, yeah, yeah, like, we're built up by this. No, in fact, they'd be more confused. They're like, well, what are we supposed to do with this information now? It's so funny, like – like I just wrote a script, you read it, and like when you read when you write a script and you send it to somebody, there there you have, you know that's the time where there's a bigger bigger magnifying glass than anything 
on the project because you have to get it as good as possible before you shoot it. But when shit like that passes and gets made in a major motion picture, I start to get nihilistic about screenwriting and the rules, you know, a little bit. I I, I fully understand. It makes you mad when you're just like, no, like anybody should have caught this. Like this stands out so much to two dickheads recording a podcast on a Sunday (laughs) night. And it's, um, yeah, yeah, it makes me question, um, like when a reader, for instance, you, you enter a contest like my buddy uh, uh, has, and he's a screenwriter, and every time they give him notes back, and it's like, I don't know what you expect, because I think it's their job to give notes on these scripts. It's not their job to say it's perfect, and like I'm going to push this to the studios to uh, get it made. So the cycle, the never-ending cycle, seems to be rejection, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, well, nobody will tell you otherwise that show business is nothing but rejection after rejection after rejection. But there is something but like... But then movies like this, get, it's like, I think it's just people have to know, you just have to know somebody. Like, well, I mean, yes, that's a big part of it, too. It's like it's the only simple, part, maybe. It's as simple as, like, Rodney Dangerfield can bring people into an audience. And, like, you just have to think of it as a business, which is the shitty yeah. aspect of it, you know? When you want to make art and it's like in order for art to succeed, you have to have business savvy. It's and the the problem is that for the first time in my life, uh, I studied screenwriting. I majored. I basically focused on that. I got a film and video degree from 2010. Now it's 2023. I actually want to make a go of actually writing scripts, not shooting my own scripts or like improvised movies, but like scripts. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm already kind of like I'm cynical about the whole thing, but I I want to continue. I like it. It's just like I don't even know. I think a producible script is just somebody like if you're a producer already in the industry and you wrote a script, that is a producible script. Like, yeah, no, a producible script from somebody who's completely unknown is yeah. uh, the only thing that happens is like the blacklist. And then it's like, oh, he was on the blacklist. So that gives yeah. it some kind of different kind of clout. Yeah. And then other than that, though, it's really just like, well, here's my script. But in addition to my script, I can get. Whoever, I don't know, Blake <laughs> Clark to be in it. <laughs> oh, you you attach elements. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's, that's how these things get made. It's, yeah, it's, it's as simple right. as that. Like this is you're here's right. an actor. This person has a name, a certain level of popularity. But I mean, that's the that's the secret but yeah yeah is is a little rocket fuel in the form of other elements yeah absolutely yeah Um, somebody who's willing to direct it who's like i like this i will direct it i'm a name therefore we've got a movie yeah i think well i don't know what i'm saying anymore this is a whole other thing i guess i have to the only way to go is to make your own stuff or produce your own stuff at least that's if you really want to see it made don't wait around for a studio to pick it up but this isn't a screenwriting podcast. This no, is it's a, a Ladybugs podcast. <laughs> That's right. So and here we are. Part in the digression. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, you know, the girls got their undeserved pep talk mm-hmm. and are fighting even harder in the second half. Yes. Um, Against we, the we, flames. We we skipped over um, uh, Rodney Dangerfield's personal pep talk to Penny Pester. Oh, you're right. Which is a combination of a semi-sweet moment and also, well, your solution was take off your glasses and let your hair down from your ponytail, so that doesn't really work. For you comedy bang-bang fans, 
Then the boy truck took off the girl truck's glasses and realized just how pretty she was. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, another teen movie style. Yes, the, that 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 old trope that uh, we didn't quite uh, acknowledge as a trope yet is take down your hair, take off your glasses, boom, look at you, you're yeah. gorgeous. Yep. You see, nobody could see behind those those glasses that you were wearing. They just couldn't see most of your face and the paint on your overalls for the not another oh, movie crowd. She's got glasses <laughs> and a ponytail. <laughs> She's um, completely hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should have set me up with the uh, Siamese twins that are conjoined at the face. Um, so Kimberly ends up playing, right? Mm-hmm. And against and like, yeah, 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 he, he makes that stands up to <laughs> yeah, both, he stands up to the boss in in a final moment of, of being like showing that he cares actually about the team as opposed to just the promotion. That's right. And uh, I think ultimately Mullen respects that. Honestly, he's like a jellyfish. He just kind of like, I don't even know how he got in this position, probably nepotism, but like he just kind of goes with the flow kind of guy. Like, and I know he's like, he wants to win. That's what he's driven by. But also like, it feels like if you just go up to him and say like, yeah, but what if we do this? And you just kind of suggest it. Mullen would be like, maybe you're right. That's actually kind of what we're looking for. Win the game, win the game, (laughs) win the game. He's just, I think he's in his own Mullen world, his they own go dumb, yuppie world. Goes back to his car and like huff spray paint, you know, like, <laughs> just an idiot. <laughs> I Like, off in his own world. It makes the most sense to have a yuppie just checked out at this point in life because they have everything they want. Like, life is a game. <laughs> yeah, except a fucking daughter who can kick a soccer ball. Yeah, it's no fun if you're losing the game of life, like Mullen thinks. But, uh, hey, they're in the championship. His daughter's going to play whether he likes it or not. And, you know, I think she she ends up proving her worth, right, as as these structures dictate by making a goal. Uh, yeah, she, she ends up getting a penalty on her and has to kick the goal that actually ends up winning the game. They do it without Martha completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, good for them. The, um... The young, the uh, the flirty one breaks her nail. That's a to do that's, in this uh, sequence. That's a pretty. I'll I'll tell you why it's funny. Cause uh-huh. it's like it's kind of like all right, it's cheesy. It's just, you know she's like, mom, those bitches broke my nail. They broke her nail. Oh, they broke her nail. And then it cuts to a group of three little girls who are all like, oh my god, like <laughs> the shot of those. It's it's that cut that makes the scene funny for me. At this point in my life, Mullen rallying cry, get those nail breakers. And they chant, get those nail breakers. Oh, oh, and they just they must feel the dig (laughs) by being called nail breakers. Mm -hmm. And after that, as you mentioned, subsequently a penalty kick. Right. A lot of pressure on that. And sure enough, she makes it. She she I think that's the game winning kick, too, because before you know it, everybody's celebrating and Mullen says, well, Mr. Vice President, I'm very proud of you. Like, you know, he's like, is it really at this point? Was it really hinging on the outcome of this game? Because fuck (laughs) you. (laughs) I'm talking a whole new income bracket for Chester. Like, yeah, we know. Like, you don't have to like flaunt the like, yeah, he's going to be making a lot more money. Great. Thanks. 
great. Another, um, a white man doing more, getting more money. Good for him. And uh, 69-year-old white man with bleach blonde hair. <laughs> like Joe Pesci in Lethal Weapon 3. What is with this hairstyle, this short, bleach blonde, Billy Idol hairstyle and people who are too it's fucking in. old to have it? It's so in. Um, but Kimberly, she catches up with now Matthew, not Martha. She's like, I believe uh, we were supposed to go to the movies together. And she doesn't even care if it's with Matthew instead of Martha. In fact, she likes it now more. I so believe they, uh, I was supposed to explore my sexuality with her. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you could do it with me. She, so what if Kimberly makes Matthew wear the, the wig still? Like Again, they're both, he's, he's been corrupted. They're both confused. They, I want to see that movie, you know, the sequel. And Rodney's like, I don't even know, like he's because he's traditional and he's conservative. He's like, these guys are fucking, they're crazy. They're they're making out. They're fucking. Which one's the girl? Which one's the boy? Ho ho. Oh, I tell you, I don't know which one is where one ends and the other begins. So um, Mullen gives him the promotion. We cut and like, of course, now Bess, uh, they're gonna get married. That's great, you know. And then we cut. And she forgives uh, him for no reason at all. <laughs> there is nothing that he's done except not talk to her. That's all yep. that's been described so far. And then she's there and she's just like, you won the game. Come here, you. That's all. That's all women need. It's just a little bit of time to. God, think. just fucking then... if you can catch a football or you can coach a winning team, <laughs> you're 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 in. You demonstrate your value and thus you get to engage physically. And yes. then I forget the other steps of the dentist system. Separate entirely so, is the last step. Step three is profits. Mm. Yeah. So um, uh, cuts to months later after that, and uh, the, he has a year-round sports program with Mullen Industries. And it's really helping with their profile, apparently, according to the boss. And they're on the, the bus, and they got the a bunch of uh, boys, yeah. right? And they're ready to play baseball. And he says, uh, "He says, I understand your boy Matthew's been seeing a lot of my daughter Kimberly." He goes, "Yes, Which, baby, you have no idea more than you know." How fucking bad! Like this just proves how bad of a father he is. He's like, "I understand my daughter Kimberly seeing a lot. Of my <laughs> my teenage daughter is seeing a lot of your son. He's busy." Mom. He's busy huffing paint and uh, going to girl other girls' soccer games that aren't his daughter, which is really weird now. Yeah. But he does that now. Um, it's, just, it's what he does on the weekends. He doesn't I even know. show up to work most days. The wife, she's obviously hooking up with that volleyball instructor that taught her to serve earlier in the movie that we didn't mention. But uh, Which is like only in the movie because they're like, look at this house. It's got a volleyball net and a gym <laughs> in the basement and we could get this in one shot. I think uh, that's definitely a, like if I were there on set with my little camera and my set of like, guys, this, this ups the production value. <laughs> guys, <laughs> get me a volleyball. We uh, we actually did that for Golden Apron. We shot at this nice house up in Bull Valley, Illinois, and it's this nice big house, and they have two Ferraris, and uh, there's a sequence where we go into the house and we heist uh, um, something out of the the house, and um, I remember it just kept going, probably to the point where it was like, Dan, shut up. I was like, this is going to be good. This is good production value. These cars, <laughs> really good production value. It's like, right. shut up. <laughs> okay. Okay, dude. Um so uh, yeah, the 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 big ending is um the boys that are on this this bus that are on the baseball team 
they also dress up like girls. But this is before Coach Cannoli, some old <laughs> dude, comes up to him and he says, there's a rumor that you uh, and your soccer team dressed a boy as a girl. Because that's patently ridiculous. I'm sorry, Chester. And, like, Mullen's a fucking gaslighter, too, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, you expect that. He's the boss. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's full a... of shit no matter what. Yeah, uh, I don't know why I'm surprised. It's just, like, it's so, like, bold-faced. Because as an audience, we're like, here's two motherfuckers, uh, and here's Cannoli, and they're totally Who just got away too. with a crime. Yeah. And yeah. They're, they're just gaslighting other people. I feel like... If this is connected to the company, they maybe this is like something that could be attached to a corporate crime. Like, and I like maybe he's take also everything. doing a take the whole damn company <laughs> tax evasion. But then the lawyer goes, "What's that about the baseball set? Oh, that's going to be good for court. Oh, that's going to put him away for life. <laughs> the jury is not going to like that." So he says, "That's ridiculous. I'm sorry, Chester. I'm insulted. How can you stoop so low as to repeat a ridiculous rumor like that? How dare you? Come on, girls, let's go." And they all come out and all the boys are now dressed like girls and they talk like they have like girly voices like, hey, let's go. And he goes, Chester, you got Mullen says, you got the job you want. You got the girl you want. You're on top of the world. <laughs> and what does Rodney do? He breaks the fourth wall, looks at us, the audience through the camera. And he says, yeah, I finally got some respect. Like, Rodney Dangerfield retired that year. He never did comedy <laughs> or anything again because he finally got respect. And that's it. Your character is dead now. What's like, help me out. What's like a classic comedy bit, like a hickory dickory doc that like if Andrew Dice Clay starred in a movie and without even calling attention to it, just knowing that he's a stand up persona and that's his famous bit. He calls back to that. Like, and you have to assume that like he's leveraging that comedian persona and bit for that joke. It's just like it'd be like if if yeah if Steve Martin in a movie like Father of the Bride looked at the Thank camera you. and said I'm a wild and crazy guy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's what it's like, and it's like he never mentioned this earlier about respect. Like, sure, he's a guy with low self-esteem, as we see at the beginning of the seminar. But like, this is like uh, like speaking of Amazing Spider-Man two. He his ringtone is Spider-Man, Spider-Man, like on his like fucking phone. It's like just a level of meta that I don't need yeah. in this movie, you know? You know what Mullen should have said is, you know what, Chester? You're great, you're powerful, <laughs> and everybody loves you. Oh, there you go. Or a great and wonderful. That. And everybody loves you. And then you hear... And then he just looks at the camera like, hey, and then it freezes. Like he doesn't even get the line. That actually would work for me. Like, not that this, I mean, I guess this respect thing is fine. Like, you know, hey, he did the thing, you know? Yeah. I guess it'd be like if, what if, like if Yakov did a movie and at the end somebody says, he says to the camera, someone finally looked at it that way. <laughs> someone finally looked at it that way. <laughs> that way. <laughs> I bet you never looked at it that way. But uh, that's that's all I got, right? That's, that's yeah, it. that's Ladybugs uh, from the director of Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. Great. Again, not not the worst movie. If you're gonna watch like a shitty comedy from the '90s, mm. you could do way worse than this. Sure, saying Stop or My Mom Will Shoot is the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, terrible. Right there, right there. Awful. Ladybugs is better than Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. 
Absolutely. I can fact, hey, you take that to the bank. That's what we should do at the end of every episode is how much better is it than stop or my mom will shoot? <laughs> I like that. I'll if we can remember, we'll do that in all subsequent episodes. And if anyone ever asks, what's the worst movie you've had to watch? It's like, well, it's either The Pest or Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Yeah. I think that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh, but that is going to be it for us this week. Thank you for listening and joining us. We will be back next week with another new episode. But until then, I'm Jeremy Eden. Uh, hey, hey, I'm Dan Eden. Oh. Uh, that's a wrap, you know. What do you mean you're out of chocolate? How can that be?